to Gab with Gwen podcast. This is your homegirl, Gwen, and I am social distancing with a large crew. It is a family affair. <laughs> Slim. Hey, 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 Nana Slim is back. Nana Slim is loud as fuck, but yeah. <laughs> I may be old, but I'm still loud. God. So listen, guys. We have Slim. We have Trinity. Say with Trinity. What up, everybody? We have Jay is back. Hey, hey. And then we have a new guest. Not new to the podcast, but new to the subject. Ismael. Hey, live from Atlanta. Glad to be here. I got to represent for the fellas. Yeah, for real, for real. We need a male perspective. So everybody's watching this show. Actually, I've, you know, I've gotten texts from so many people who I didn't know were watching the show. Me and my cousin Jay, who's been on the podcast before, he's like, he's watching. I was like, you're watching this? So it was so funny. Just, it's cool. I, I love to see that people are watching it. And hopefully it gets renewed for a second season. Mm-hmm. So this is we're going to review episode 11 today, which is called Would You Like to Know the Sex? I'm going to come back to that title, too. I um, thought it should have been The Ghost of Christmas Past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. A lot. This, there's so much to break down in this episode. This actually the episode, I honestly, I feel like I've been waiting for. Because I mm. this episode I've been waiting for the whole damn season. So here we go. Episode 10 was also great, right? Gave us the background. Yeah. On her mom yeah. and all that stuff. But episode 11 is like, okay, a lot of stuff that we've been kind of speculating about. We, we did get some answers. So let's just start it off. Trinity, you start it off. All right. So uh, we open up with the crew at Kwame's job. Everybody's mm-hmm. doing a fitness class. Everybody looks really happy, excited. Everybody's getting their cardio in. And as they finish the session, um, Arabella grabs the same book that she was reading in the last episode, The Sundial. He starts like, you know, flipping through or whatever. And as she's doing that, Terry is checking her phone and it looks like she gets a text message or something like that. Concurrently, Kwame is also looking at his phone and he sees a text message from his little uh, dinner on the first date lover, Mr. Tyrone, asking to go kayaking of all things. Well, you so- know what? When I saw that, I thought that was a new sex term. <laughs> oh, I, I said, I did. I said, now... What is kayaking now with these gay people? Oh my god. Stop it. Listen. Nana slips. So hold on. I do want to talk to Tyrone. Because we had a conversation about the usernames when Kwame was on the bus. Okay. Yes. And yeah. I told y'all that Tyrone was him because of the year, because it was like Tyrone 86. And y'all were saying no, I was that Tyrone was fun now. And I said he can't be fun now because fun nine was 97. Oh, you're right. Yes, you're and right. I think yeah, it's too yeah. old. So this is Tyrone. We said we call him Tyrone. Call Tyrone. So no Nana Slam, it's not a metaphor. <laughs> he really wants to go. Yeah, I was blown <laughs> away by that. Which, yeah, it's just weird. And we all know that Kwame, he's got intimacy issues, and that just seems like a lover's activity. I don't know. So we'll see how he deals with that. But then while he's trying to, I guess, deal with the notion of going kayaking, Terry starts hyperventilating over in the corner. And so the both of them jump up, and they're like, you know, Terry, what's wrong? What's going on? Everybody's concerned. And then she starts stuttering, and she finally gets out that she landed the job. So Trifle and Terry is now, I guess, an official actress because she's got some work mm-hmm. and everybody's super excited. 
So, you know, they start screaming, whatever. And then we leave from that scene and we cut to Terry Kwame and Ben, Arabella's roommate, in the courtyard of their apartment. And Kwame is now discussing his feelings towards Tyrone. And so as they're sitting there, he mentions to Ben and he says, you know, Ben, he's a lot like you. He's just a generally nice person. And Kwame kind of feels like, which is what happens in relationships a lot of times, well, at least new relationships where you kind of like copy the other person and you're kind of feeding off of their energy. So he's saying Mm -hmm. Tyrone's so nice that he feels like he's copying his behavior. And he thinks that that's really unusual. And then Ben interjects and he's like, well, Kwame, no, you are a nice person. And Kwame's like, nah. I'm not a nice person. He's, He's like, like I'm I reject you. that. <laughs> yeah. I reject that. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus, Kwame, you're not that bad. But he's basically saying, like, he's nice to the people that he knows, but he's not generally nice to everybody. Which some may agree. Well, you I know guess. what I found interesting is that Terry jumped up and said, of course we're good people. They're goals. <laughs> yeah, they're goals. It's Terry, though. It's Terry. She's a narcissist. Like, she thinks she's amazing. Mm. And it wasn't about Terry. It was about... Kwame and, and Tyrone and their feelings for each other. It has nothing to do with you, Terry. Exactly. Oh, okay, guys, let's ask what you think, because I know we go hard on Terry. I don't know how you feel as well as a man. <laughs> well, Terry is funny, the fact that she her profession is an actor, because she's been acting on this role as being a best friend for the entire show so far because of her guilt. Mm. So mm. it's been really kind of difficult to get behind her because you know she has a lot of good qualities you know she does love Arabella you can tell that but to me this always kind of ties into what can break a relationship when there's not complete honesty and transparency so I've mm-hmm. been waiting for that moment too where they finally and it didn't happen the way I thought it would when the truth finally came out of why Arabella got put in that situation so I was hoping for that eventually but Terry I kind of, it's kind of a love-hate with her. Sometimes I really like how she treats Arabella, and then other times, you know, she, like you said, she's so self-absorbed, it's really hard to get completely behind her. Mm. You know, I, I like her. that perspective. That's yeah. a great perspective. You're, you're, you're very even-keeled. I can't stand her, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Ben does respond. Kwame at one point said, Have you, do you ever get the feeling that someone's the right person, but you're not right for them yet? Right, you're not ready. Yeah. And Ben tells him, "Well, you need to do whatever you need to do to become the right person." I love mm. Ben. Yeah. Ben is a sweetheart. Ben's the saint. Poor Ben. Okay. Um. So then Terry jumps back in the window. So actually, I want to comment on this whole car- courtyard thing because I wonder if <laughs> Americans are probably like, "Is this real? Like, why is why is there no door to something like this?" <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it's it's funny. I was thinking when I watched it, it reminded me. I think I've mentioned my grandparents lived in England for thirty years, and so I remember in London, and they lived in London. There was a courtyard downstairs, yeah. and there was not a door. <laughs> okay, and I. This is a crazy story. I don't think I ever told my mom this. I was the first time I ever left the country. I was three, and I stayed like the whole summer in England with my grandparents. But I remember it vividly. Like it's just a very vivid trip to me, and I remember. There were people downstairs in the courtyard, and my like grandfather threw me out the window, and they caught me. <laughs> I swear to God, and I was scared. And he threw it. I think we we're on the second floor, maybe. I think we we're maybe on the second floor, so it wasn't too far up, right? But like, Jesus. there wasn't anything. And I guess for me not to go through the people's apartment, and so they like 
threw me down the window. <laughs> but is it a courtyard or are you guys just turning a rooftop into a courtyard? No, no, it's at the bottom. It's not a rooftop. Yeah, it's, on it's, the ground. Okay. it's on the ground. Yeah, sorry. I know some random it's a random memory, but I, I was thinking about that. I was like, wait, a minute, I remember that. Yes, it was like that. You didn't everyone didn't have a door to it and access to it. So yeah, I like jumped out the window. Okay, sorry. Did you jump or were you thrown? Because <laughs> if you were thrown, you were traumatized. That's why you remember that trip so well. That's probably true. I was scared. I wasn't. I mean, I kind of was enabled out the window. <laughs> My God. Yeah. So anyway, so that just reminded me of like why. So that is a thing though, which is weird. Anyway, so so she goes back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God, talk about this part. So Terry looking for her. So Terry. First, she dips into Bella's room to see if she's in there. No Bella inside there. She does. You can see her eyes kind of divert to the trash bags, though, that are still sitting there at the foot of the bed. Um, she closes the door and then she knocks on the bathroom door, doesn't wait for an answer, throws it open. I don't get it. Mm, so me she neither. Sees Bella sitting there, obviously, on the toilet. This chick is reading the book though she seems enamored with it. it looks like she's almost done with it she's like hey i got a tiny bit left as she's talking about that here comes kwame now also popping his head in it's like let the girl poop or pee or do whatever she's doing and finish up so it looks like kwame has left because now we're back in the courtyard and it's just terry ben and bella Bella's finishing up the last pages of the book and Terry is talking to her while she's reading and she's like, you know, I'm so proud of you for finally moving on. And she's like, right, Ben, she's finally letting everything go. And Ben, he lives with her, so he knows that that's probably not the case, but he just kind of smiles along with it anyway. And then Terry suggests that they do a cleanse, Mm, rehydrate, mm -hmm. exfoliate, decluttering, which I'm guessing she means throw the damn trash bags out. But while she's talking, Bella's not paying attention to her. She finishes the book, she closes it, and she's really excited. And Ben notices, and he's like, was it a good book? And so she starts freaking out about it. And so we finally learn the author's name because she's like, it's Delacroix Dickey, which is the weirdest name in the world. But, you know, Bella (laughs) states that, (laughs) you know, she wants to meet her. But I have a question. I have one question about this interaction I've asked. In this particular moment, mm-hmm. Terry was kind of talking to her, but she she didn't like she like ignored her and went to Ben. Like, did you? Or was that just me? It almost felt like she was shading Terry a little bit because Terry I, was like, she's mm-hmm. she's proud of her for moving on and letting go. And then Terry and Ben look at each other, and Terry's yeah. like, "Let's do a cleanse." And Bella basically ignores her and goes to Ben. Mm-hmm. And she so goes I was to like, Ben, I think, because Ben recognizes Ben is focus on the book that she's reading and so you we know like bella's got tunnel vision if you're not focused on what she's focused on she doesn't want to really hear anything oh that's so good i think that's yeah. why she runs to yeah. that because he's like the book and she's like yes i want to talk about the book she doesn't okay. want to talk about anything else but the book okay because i wasn't sure i was like is this to ismail's point right i couldn't tell in this particular moment is it because you never really addressed what happened with terry and her mm. being a part of you being left alone are you now kind of shading her or not realizing that you're shading her, even though you've allegedly forgiven her? Okay, I see what you're saying. I think that's certainly possible because I think she really now probably recognizes when Terry uses her, um, you know, her quote-unquote self-care ca- uh, tactics, which is basically that's still that guilt. I think Arabella kind of recognizes those now and is not as um, receptive to them as she used to be. Mm-hmm. But I actually agree with you on that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was just something about that moment where I was like, 
you're paying her dust right now. She's, you know what I mean? Like, you're paying no attention to her, and you, it's super exciting with Ben, and, like, the elephant in the room is that although you've forgiven her and you know there isn't, to what Slim said in the last episode, you never called her on it. Like, there was never any direct conversation about, like, you hurt me. How could Mm -hmm. you do this? Blah, blah, blah. So even, I don't care, like, how much of a saint you try to be or how forgiving you got to be. I just think, I don't know how you really just move on from that. I I don't know. I don't know. Well, can you really forgive? Because everybody's like, forgive, forgive, forgive. I feel like you always have that grudge in the back of your mind. Especially when you never talk about it. And it's really funny that we tend to do that with our really close friends and some of our family members. It's like we never have those deep type of conversations that we need to have and it just it never gets healed and it festers and it comes out at some point and it's yeah. usually a bad blow up years down the line and i don't know what that fear is part of me i think it's because maybe we fear that close friend would leave or it's not going to really take our feelings seriously I'm, I'm really difficult for me to understand why we are so against having those conversations with people closest to us well we can see bella already has abandonment issues from the last episode. So probably maybe that's why. That's a good point. True. Well, we don't talk about it because it's painful, right? So it may it may be healing in the long run, but talking about it in the present is painful. So we naturally try to avoid things that hurt. Right. And it's probably a power dynamic too, because I think when you say, hey, you hurt me, you're saying you had power over to me to that person. So no, you know, and a lot of people just don't want to do that. Right. I don't know. It was just a small little moment, but I was like, huh. But I would have thought that Bella would have gotten that out, that angst out against Terry during the Halloween episode, right? Mm. Where she was kind of fighting with Kwame and she was being incredibly rude and dismissive to Terry at that point. But then, you know, later on in the evening when Terry came back and it was kind of like a makeup and, you know, let's move on sort of situation. So I thought she got it out there. But, I mean, you guys are definitely making good points where there could still just be some lingering. But Halloween, she didn't know about what's-his-name yet. She didn't know about Simon yet. Wait, when, when did she have the audition when Simon told her everything? Was that, that before was or after? That was before Halloween. That was after Halloween? That was last episode. Hold on, I have all my... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got my notes there. Now we get it confused. Am I, I was, already confusing myself? I'm confused <laughs> I think there was Halloween and then there was the birthday dinner where... Uh, Okay, episode 10, hold on. Episode 10 is the mother's birthday. And that was last episode. The last episode is when Terry had the audition. So she didn't find out until last episode about Simon. So Halloween was before this. So she didn't know it Halloween. She didn't know it Halloween. Sorry, guys. All right, listen, it's hard. Listen, they're packing so much. Now we have to try to piece (laughs) all together. Yeah, but you know, Bella's really passive aggressive. Yeah. Like all of us. I think we're all kind of passive, especially women. Because we're not, you know, we never, we're not brought up to put things on the table. We were brought up to be polite. Sure. Yeah, but then people say black women are aggressive. Well, so uh, okay, but who says that? <laughs> Who's saying that? Because last time I checked, Karen's pretty aggressive too. This <laughs> <laughs> is true. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, true, true, true. All right, let's. We still early, earlier in the episode. Let's keep going. <laughs> Where were we? So she's talking about the book. Oh, Della, whatever. Della, what's the what's The Della? Sundial. <laughs> I just know Della. I, I ain't messing with these last names. Della Croy Dickey. Croy Dickey, yep. That's the name. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And she's going on like they're both Londoners. They're both on Henny House. They're both new writers. But they sit on different sides of the success and the spectrum. And she's like, you know, our names even rhyme. Right? Mm-hmm. So Ben's like, well, you have the same publisher. Someone should be able to introduce you. And Terry's like, well, what about Susie Henny? And Bella's like, mm, no. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> yeah. no. And they're like, why not? She's like, well, I, well you know, I'm, I'm, the block is hot. I haven't really done anything. <laughs> they, they want me. They want to know what I'm, I'm working on. And I really, you know, I ain't really do nothing yet. So, you know, I need a plan, plan B. So they're all like, wait, what? You're not working on it? <laughs> right. Terry's surprised. She's like, what do you mean? You have no draft. Like, what have you been doing this whole time? Oh Who knows? Ego death, baby. Yeah, but that's only on yeah, the weekends. She, she said, Terry, we've been doing things, but she, for Henny House, hasn't been doing any crazy. This wild. And she's broke, so it's like, Bella, come on. I don't well, know. Well, we want to come back to this anyway, so keep going, mm-hmm. keep going. Um, yeah, so Terry, I believe, then suggests that they should, she should contact her. So I think she starts filming a video to Della, and Terry and Ben are kind of watching, and... They're just like, I don't really know. She's like, it's earnest, but it's not really going to get you the attention you want. And now since Terry's an actor, she can direct Bella into giving the best performance in order to get Della's attention. Because she got a new job. That's what she said. Yes. Because I got a new job. job. She got one job. Let's correct that. You got one job, Terry. (laughs) Exactly. Unbelievable. So, all right. So now we come to to Terry's direction, and the outfit is really what gets me going, right? The outfit, the so- setting, <laughs> mm, the setting. Lord have mercy. So I don't know how y'all felt about the hat, right? To well, me, describe it reminded the outfit. Me. You have to describe the outfit. Whoa. Well, there's the hat. This is the focal point, I think, of the outfit, right? She's wearing this hat. To me, That's it looks like an Africa. She has like, no for pants. Me it was- she has no pants on. We've seen her. We've seen her without pants on. But she's Remember. doing a video to a stranger with no pants. In the loo. On a toilet. In the, the toilet. With his shirt on and this hat. But this hat is killing me. But yes, the hat was my focal point. Because it's like, what kind of hat is this? Doesn't it remind you of like Africa Bombada? Or is it I didn't me? even know it was a hat. Oh, God. I thought, it was I thought she put off, pulled, off, pulled off the bottom of a planter and put it on her head. I was... <laughs> Well, you know, I called it a dog, a dog dish. The water See, dish. the dog dish hat. Yeah. It's not what did you think of this hat? <laughs> I thought it was some type of UK thing. I didn't understand what she was trying to accomplish. You know, the shirt's that femme too. I didn't get the symbolism behind that. I thought she was going to talk more about the book and why that tied into the outfit. I didn't get it at all. Every I just other thought she work- was just her, her manic self. Like somebody mentioned earlier, she's so manic when she has these creative outbursts. I guess it made sense in her mind, but I didn't get it. Jay, go ahead what you're saying. Every other word she said in her appeal was, as women, you know, woman to woman, everything was, uh, in the patriarchy, we women have to stick, every mm-hmm. other word was mm-hmm. women. And then she had this shirt that says femme, and she's sitting on the toilet, and it was just too much. Yeah, it's too much going on. Way too much. I just thought it was creepy and awkward and bizarre. The hat, I don't, I didn't know what it was. I didn't recognize it as a hat. I thought she just put something on her head. I mean, I, that could have been a hostage video. I've seen that video. hat before. 
You know what? Maybe, maybe that was her version of like a crown, maybe. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that's what she was going for. Could be. This is Arabella we're talking about. She's the same one that wears the same bra and a t-shirt and calls it clean. Well, <laughs> that's true. This is true. I just, it was just a lot. I mean, so the hat, I know we're focused on the hat, but I, I, I really want to not skip over that this is someone you're excited to meet, introduce yourself to, and you decide to take a video of you on the toilet with no pants, okay? She's trying to get her attention. Your, your legs showing you sitting on a toilet yeah. and a t-shirt. Well, to, in Bella's defense, I think she was con- trying to convey to the author that the book was so good, she couldn't even, she was reading it everywhere, even in the loo. So yeah. maybe she was trying to convey that, but she just conveyed crazy to me. Wow. I, so, I, I was like, like, this is an awful first impression. Setting. This is an awful first impression. And, Agreed. And to think, to think this is under Terry's direction. <laughs> the first appeal was much better than this. This. Yeah. OS. But anyway, yep. she does it, right? And, and she asks them, like, hey, how was it? And Terry's like, it was great. And Ben <laughs> nods. Why is Ben nodding? You know, Ben... Oh, He's just you. sweet. Ben, but ben, you could see in Ben's Terry. eyes, he thought this was crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Pe- Absolutely. Ben pointed to Terry when, when she looked to Ben for affirmation. Mm. So True. Like, you're not going to listen to me? No way. Let me just point to who the one you're listening to. Listen, Ben was like I said last time. He's like, my name is Bennett and I ain't in it. <laughs> he is the least judgmental person in the whole show. So. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but Bella seemed nervous. Do you think Bella was nervous about the video itself, or is it because she's excited about Della? I think she's excited about Della. Okay. Yeah, the latter. Okay. Um, you know to, Bella, she's... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Um, back to Ben for a quick second, is that they call Ben, or we called Ben a saint, and he really is a sweetheart guy. So in that episode where she's, you know, raging about men or whatever... You would think she might temper it just a little because she has a full example of someone who's kind and and easy right in front of her. I would agree, but I almost feel like Ben is like a eunuch to them. Like he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Ben is desexualized. Yeah. He's just like furniture, honestly. That's how they really treat him. He's kind of like a background furniture piece. They use him, etc. But... I don't even think she sees Ben as a man or a person sometimes. And we'll get yeah. to that later. But sometimes I don't think she even considers him as a person. Which is unfortunate because he paid last month's rent. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So and I feel like he pays a lot of attention to her. And then how many months before that, not just last month's rent, she was like, can you get this month too? Yeah. But do we, do we ever really appreciate the people who are really good to us? No. We always seem to want the affirmation to the granted. people who treat us like trash. That's sure. a good point. And like you said, she probably looks at him as just like a unicorn. Like he's completely separate from everyone else in our life. And we as, you know, majority minorities, we've gotten probably that same treatment before, whether in business or other friends or in white communities. They may have a disdain for everyone else from our cultural background, but they accept us because we're quote unquote different, even though we know that's mm-hmm. not to be true. So I think that might be a little bit of that going on culturally between them. Mm-hmm. Well, and she did say that she hated white guys couple episodes ago so i guess I hate ben is white the exception well, yeah. i hate straight white but, guys know. the only thing is i don't know is ben gay i don't know you know is ben gay that's like a it's problem. hard to tell yeah but you know what's funny i assumed ben was gay 
I just assumed it. But now, now that you guys bring it up, like, where, where did I get that from? I was kind of thinking from this episode that he may have some anxiety issues because I, I think I remember them mentioning or he mentioned that he doesn't like to go out a lot. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe they were hinting at that, that he has some issues with being around a lot of people and he's just happy with this small circle that he's comfortable with. Mm-hmm. He has said that in the past and we'll get to it later in the episode, but he has said that before that he doesn't go out a lot. I don't, yeah, we don't know enough. We really need more development on Ben. We don't yeah. know enough about his story. He really is kind of just there and these are his his only outlet that we see in terms of interaction is with Bella in her circle right but you know what if after seeing Bella and her crazy friends I'd be scared to go outside too (laughs) (laughs) because remember during the party he was there he was in his room lying down with his headphones on yeah whole time yeah yeah oh my god poor Ben so anyway just whatever so anyway Bella's nervous unsure this time she's standing and has on pants though. So she put on pants after she did this video. So it was it was purposeful that she had no pants on. I just I put I noticed that. I was like, hold the fuck up. You really just took off the pants for the video? Anyway. How are you gonna pretend to be sitting on the toilet and you have your pants on? Yeah. Just ridiculous. So anyway, Terry sends a video and then they're like checking, you know, and to see what happens and she can see that Della has seen the video. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. then Bella's like, okay, let me add another note. So she and I was like, girl, why are you doing this? And the then note. she, she, she's like, let me add an X. So she's typing extra stuff. And then she's checking and nervous. And the next thing, Bella takes the phone back and is like, oh, wait, Della blocked me. I started mm. rolling. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, would you do if you got that video? You would, you would think this person is unhinged and block them too. That's how I took it. I thought it was just like a regular even keel professional writer and she didn't have any time for craziness. And being that they were in the same publishing house, I was thinking she probably heard about how manic mm-hmm. Bella is already and was like, I'm staying away from her. I'm not getting involved in that situation. Exactly. exactly. That was my whole thing because we're going to come back to this. But if y'all remember, and Jay, you were here because we talked about you were here with the episode when everything blew up with Zane. And I kept saying from a business perspective, like Bella thinks that she's one here, but this is not good. Mm. like this is not good for that label like that publishing right. house etc this is not good you've blown up another writer and you know Susie Henney's going to have to do some type of damage control all this stuff so if there are other writers on that label you know on that publisher this isn't a good reflection on them like it just yeah. isn't so if I were Della I would also block Bella because she seems like She's a troublemaker, and all this time has passed, and all this hype that Bella got, she ain't produced a book. So all of that, you got all this hype and all this publicity, but you haven't delivered any results for people to be like, oh, she's a great writer, blah, blah, blah. So you really just look like a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. That's true. Re- retweets don't make any money. That's what she's finding out. She's a social media star, but that's leading to right. nothing business-wise for her. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so next scene, go ahead, Trinity. So now Bella has no choice, and we see her in a very familiar elevator. She's at Henny House offices, and she's going to go, I guess, have a chat with Susie. With that hat on, though. With that hat (laughs) on. (laughs) She's rocking it. I mean, she's committed to the hat and Z's for the rest of the episode. Mm, mm, mm. That's that's her crown. Oh, God. So we see Susie and Bella talking and Susie is showing Bella around her offices and like showing around her office and showing her all of her plants. And she mentions to Bella 
that she hasn't taken a break in years. Yeah, eight so years. So we already eight see years. it happening. Eight right? years. Yeah. yeah. She's like, all I do is work. So what are you doing? Essentially, it seems like is what she's saying to her. And, but she right? she's got she's got the plants though. Those she's are her babies. And Did I have to say, spot. Go ahead. No, go ahead, oh, Trinity. I want to see if you if you're gonna say what I'm about to say. No, no, no. Go, go. You do it. <laughs> um. Did anybody think it was strange that Susie's favorite plant looked like her wig? <laughs> oh, wow. <I'm> so... <laughs> Tell us, how did that look like her wig? <laughs> I, I happen to think her wig is okay. Like, we had this conversation. Like, that wig is all right in my books. After seeing um, Bella and Terry in these crazy wigs, I've been desensitized <laughs> to what makes a wig terrible. So let's hold it. We're going to tell you guys. This is a wig, a wig moment. So let's ding, 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 ding. So let's, because <laughs> I, I wanted to revisit. When I looked at her wig, that's true. When I saw it in the context today, I mean, I'm sorry. When I saw it, yeah, basically this new episode, it didn't seem so bad, but I couldn't recall if this was the same wig she'd had on before. Is this, is this a new wig or is this a different wig? I couldn't tell if she had on a new one. And then when we're also talking about, you know, as we started to record, I had said this, um, this ugly hat, it's throwing me for a loop here. <laughs> it's not a wig, right? It's not a wig. Mm. But at the same token, you could say that a wig is a hat, okay? It is basically a hat with hair attached, okay? I mean, hair accessories. This to the wig. Hair accessories. <laughs> it falls will, under hair accessories, y'all. I will not allow it. I won't. <laughs> if you're going to have Kwame's Halloween wig, you cannot have the hat. You can't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Okay. I wanted to revisit this on the next episode. So when we get the last episode is when we're going to actually come up with the final wig count. I have done some Instagram story polls as well as Twitter. And the pendulum has swung both ways. Some of y'all say that, yes, Kwame's Halloween wig makes the count. Some of y'all say no. It's actually a wash <laughs> right now. I'm going to repost it again. So then finally, when we get to the final episode, we will just decide. I'm not saying that the hat makes the wig count but you know i feel like bella is challenging the boundaries where it could from an asterisk perspective it's mm. notable but i won't add it i won't add it but i just want to note that when she's not wearing a wig she tries to put something all equally as bad right that makes right. me feel like <laughs> you can give it an honorable mention correct or more like an honorable mention yeah dishonorable right yeah but yeah I, yeah but i i do think i feel like Susie Henny was wig is different this time though, because I feel like before it was worse. I don't think it's the same wig she had on today. And this episode. It definitely looked more moisturized. <laughs> but maybe when she was watering her plants, she put a little water on that wig. Possibly. <laughs> you know how you turn off all the lights before you go to sleep and you can't see a thing? The room is so dark. Well, that's what happened to y'all. Y'all, when you first started watching the show, you were so taken aback at all these wigs. But after a while, your eyes get accustomed, and you say, oh, okay, well, that wig isn't so bad. <laughs> That's the same wig, honey, the same wig. That's what I thought, Jay. Oh, it was the same one. Well, listen, it's already in the count. It's already in the count. We're not recounting it. Um, it didn't look as bad this time, but I feel like we've seen so much. That yeah. It, I, it could be different. I'm not sure. But anyway, I know we just went on a tangent. I, I just Overall, though, even if we go through the whole episode, I don't believe anything else made the count this particular episode so i believe we're still at 13 at this point okay so we'll see where we end up 
in the end of the season, you know, based on whatever's in the last episode. Do you plus. have, um, what's her name? Auntie Lenore, do you have her wig on your oh, list? Twice. Oh, yes. Oh, she got that. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. That one, as a guy, that one kind of stood out. <laughs> like, what is she wearing? It, oh, she's she's for the old school one and the present day. Lenore, she's, yeah. yes, yes. And she's the other woman. You would think the other woman would have a good wig. Why would you think that? <laughs> well, the other woman should be like, you know, have her image put together, I would think. It's never like no. that. Men always cheat down. Oh. Yeah. Uh, let me let me tell you the golden rule. I'm sure all you ladies have heard this. What is better than pussy for men? New pussy. New pussy. There you go. Okay. Uh. Don't matter the package it comes in. Okay, doesn't matter the wig. Sure don't. <laughs> Taking it off anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so we're back here where Susie Henney's like talking about the plant. She's telling Bella to feel the plant leaf. It's gorgeous. They're, you know, they're going, I was like, this is some hotep shit, but okay. And <laughs> that's, that's, honestly, this whole scene, I was like, this is the most, I'm going to get to it because there's a point where I just can't take it anymore. But, <laughs> <laughs> They're, you know, going about the, the plants and rubbing the plants and, oh, you know, and then she, you know, Susie slips in the polite British shade, like, you know, I haven't had a break in eight years. And mm-hmm. she looks at Bella sideways. <laughs> and Bella's like, oh, that's tough. You know, she's like, that's tough. Yeah. Right? And then Susie's naming the plants and she's telling, you know, Bella about each one. And she asks Bella if she grows plants and encourages her to plant. And then, and then this part, okay? This mm. foolishness. Go ahead, Trini, you tell this part. Go ahead. Well, she says that we are the descendants of trees. Who says it? Susie. Mm-hmm. And I said, what kind of crack is this? She said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very confused by that statement. Does anybody understand what she's saying? I never, I, I really was like, Neither. is Susie right? I, I never heard this before. <laughs> Because Susie's educated. She owns a publishing house. Where does she get this evolutionary fact? So does, so does whoever owns Breitbart. I forget his name. That oh, doesn't Jesus. make you sense. Have, that that's true. That that's puts some sense. good perspective on it, Jay. Yep. Yeah. That has nothing to do with it. No, this is just hotep shit. I just figured she was like onto like, you know, like a climatia. Okay. Like oh, we come God. from the ground and the earth and whatever. I was like, God, this this is where I just was like, I was like, I'm over these people. Because, <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, you know, we're descendants of trees, and here's Bella. Well, this, no, this is where we get the melanin. And then I have all in caps in my phone here. I took notes. I was like, oh my God, I've really been holding this in. They are really on some white people hotep shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but the joke went over Susie's head. Oh, I don't think it did. I just yeah. don't think she connected with Bella on blackness. Correct. Ah, okay. Correct. Yeah, they're from two different worlds. And that's a good reminder for her that, you know, y'all are in a business relationship. Susie is not your friend. And that Mm. was her big reminder right there. You are there because she's expecting a product from you. No more, no less. Hello. 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 What they going to tell y'all, okay? Because y'all arguing to me. I told y'all this. And I told y'all because I only look at life through a business lens. So y'all better go back to the episode with this whole thing with Susie and her were cool. I said, watch Susie. I said, don't all skin folk and can't folk. Mm-hmm. I said it in that episode. Mm-hmm. I fucking said it because I said all this that she's, you know, cozying up to Susie. I said, don't trust her. Don't trust her. Don't believe that because she's here for a product. Mm-hmm. That's it. This is business. However, yes, Susie is there for a product. Susie might be um, a little softer on her. 
if uh, Bella wasn't trying to, you know, yank her around. Because if we're going to look at it from Susie's eyes, here you see so much product, so much promise in this, um, in this woman. And you want to help her. Because remember, Susie was like, um, about Terry, is she black? And when she said, yeah, she was like, yeah, sure, let her read. Fabulous. So um, Susie's about helping helping the black folks and helping helping herself. And while she's helping herself, helping the, um, the community. But just don't, whatever you do, don't screw me over. And she's probably used to people going along with her. Because remember, she tell um, Bella, oh, eat some pomegranate. Like why does why does Bella have to eat the pomegranate in whatever episode that was? Here we go today. Oh, um, touch the plant. Don't nobody want to touch the plant? I I've gone into so many offices. I love plants. I have plants all over my place, but I don't go touching up the leaves of people's plants when I go in in their office or their homes. But Susie insists. Whatever she likes. But that's she how insists. bosses. Are, but that's how like if you work with executives or right to the they're always on some weird shit. And you have to kind of like play along with it. Like I do. Feel they like want you to connect mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. Like you need to play their game. Mm-hmm. And to disarm you too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. Oh, and it's like yeah. Bella has too many strikes now. It's like number one, yeah. you took the commission, haven't produced anything. There's no draft. You took Zane, one of my popular writers, and destroyed his name. Mm-hmm. And then you're coming back here asking for more stuff. It's like mm-hmm. that's already more than right three strikes right there. Exactly. The liability. That's true. Yeah. 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 So. She should have used that popularity she got after the summit to boost her book. But she squandered the moment. Well, she needs to finish a damn book. She she, yeah. she finish a stupid book. Because honestly, the book could have been shitty, but just because she had the popularity, yeah. would have actually like rocked with her mm-hmm. because of that. Exactly. You just need to finish it. She refused to finish it. Yeah. yeah. And Susie, and the- being, a, being a black woman, you know, it's hard in the publishing industry to put somebody out there and they squander that chance, yeah. it's just unforgivable. But wait a second, didn't her therapist say that it's best she take a break from writing? The problem is, is that taking a break from writing is how is your livelihood. So there's a conflict of interest, but but it's not like she's just being, well, it, it's, um, it's convenient for her that her therapist said to take a break from writing because she's a procrastinator um, anyway, it's just she. We're 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 saying, oh, why did she not hurry up? Why did she squander the moment? But she is a wounded person. But okay, but hold on, I'm, I I have to counter that. People unfortunately get sexually assaulted every day, and you know what? You got to still go to work. Yeah. You, you you can't. Your life can't just end, and you can't just fall down. Some people may they may crumble, but the fact of the matter is that life goes on. And the bills are still coming. Con Edison is not going to tell me, oh, you got raped. Oh, you don't have to pay electricity. That's not what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. people still have to move on with your everyday stuff and navigate everyday things while trying to recover from traumatic situations. Well, I don't understand. Of- I'm sorry. I, I just don't see why she didn't use the writing as like therapy. Like she, maybe she didn't have to work on that draft, but she still could have, you know, journaled wrote about other distractions just to keep, you know, writing something that you have to practice at. So I don't think that was good advice to begin with. Not everyone is creative in trauma though. And not, so, so just like with the quarantine, not all of us process the quarantine the same way. Some people are all about, yeah, you know, read that book and get that grind and hustle while you're home. 
and others are like all right well if i lotion my skin i've accomplished a whole lot for the day that's true i mean yeah. it's true. that is true but i also feel like bella is not being as forthcoming with her therapist as she should be about mm. her entire situation she's giving her nuggets here and there if she were more honest, I think the therapist would have given her better advice. Your therapist is only as good as the information you provide to them about who you are. That's a good point. But if you remember that when she first met that first episode where she met the therapist, she told the therapist, she's like, well, you're telling me not to write, but the writing was paying for this session. Like, that's my job. So True, but that was like at the start. That was right as she was going through the initial realization of what had happened to her. This is now months later. Right. It's like, there's no excuse. True, true. I'm sure the therapist didn't tell her, stop writing indefinitely. I'm sure, you know what I mean? That's true. That might have been the first couple of weeks, but here we are probably close to a year later, if not past a year later, and she's still not writing. But she well, does you know, have time to go to, to Ego Death every Thursday through Saturday. Bella probably, I think Bella's one of those people, she hears a conversation, she takes the sentence that she wants to hear, and then she runs with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like she did with the doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so anyway, so Bella's like, you know, because they're talking about this tree thing, she's like, you know, well, she repeats, you know, the melanin is brown like the bark and our skin is brown. And honestly, the first time I watched this, because when I watched these episodes twice, I didn't laugh. The second time, I was cracking up so hard. When I, this whole conversation <laughs> was so stupid that I was rolling. And then Bella's like, you know, Susie's so like, what do you she has like a quizzical look and she's like it's a it's a joke and she's like i'm not following and then she's like do you believe multiple races as you know rational taxonomy and then bella's like hmm? like it's over her head it was and, over my head too i'm not gonna lie and, and then she's like i have to think about it and get back to you but then Susie smiles and immediately says where's the drafts <laughs> like this is that is all like all of this is like such fake bullshit right yeah like mm-hmm. oh here's the plant oh the, the bark all the shit. like but just just get to the point and that's also partly british that's also partially white culture partially you know like oh you know this fake passive aggressive shit i'm like listen you should have so she came in she asked her for the fucking draft what's the point so mm-hmm. you know she's like they've been waiting for a while and curious about the stage that they they're at that she's at you know is there a word count <laughs> <laughs> Which I loved. I loved it. Because, you know, she's like, this bitch ain't write a damn thing yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she Bella, knew the answer. Bella's like, well, I can't quite tell. But that's the reason why I'm here. You read Della Tadiqui or Della Croix, whatever. Della's new book, Sundial. And, you know, I wonder if you can arrange a meeting for the two of us. And Susie's like, no. <laughs> yep. She's like, no, I can't do that. But she's like, it was great to see you. <laughs> Okay, get the fuck out of my office. Yep. Woo! And as she says that, like, Bella leaves and Susie's on the phone. But did you see her face when Bella Mm. was walking out? Yes. Oh, yeah. She was done with her. She was staring her down. Did you guys also see the pomegranates on the table? I didn't notice. Oh, I didn't notice that. (laughs) There were pomegranates on the table as Bella was walking out. (laughs) (laughs) She was offered a ticket out. But you know what? What are you going to do? So who was Susie calling? We're about to find out. What's the next scene? Go ahead, girl. So now we're at the editor's office. So we're sitting there uh, with Julian and Francine, and they don't look happy with Bella. 
So they're like, we don't have good news because they were just notified both over the phone and via email that Bella's commission was withdrawn. So what does this mean? This means that Susie Henny and Henny House, whatever, believe that the desired outcomes that they were expecting are not going to be achieved. And Bella then confesses to them that they probably got that update from them because she went over to go talk to Susie. And Francine is just like, why would you do such a thing? Why would you Mm -hmm. even bother this woman? Mm -hmm. And so then Julian then mentions that they've got to cut her because they can no longer um, support her as editors. And now they need to begin the process of repayment. So how exactly is Bella going to handle this? Because now everything's complicated. Yeah. I mean, that's and business. So, are we, are, is anyone surprised? Is anyone no, surprised? No. Nope. And I'm not mad at Susie either. Me neither. No. Bella's in the wrong. She is, but how, how deep in the hole could she be? Whatever money up front she got, she's going to have to pay for. Does yeah. she have to cover the trip to Italy? Does she have to cover the therapy sessions? Because they were well, covering her therapy sessions. Let's say you get a $5,000 book advance. So that five thousand advance could go to the trip to Italy to write. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, normally that money is like no questions asked. So like, let's say you're writing a book about a murder that actually happened. So if they give you a ten thousand dollar commission, they're expecting you to use that to travel, do interviews if you're out of the state. So it's kind of a no questions asked. You know, whatever you need to get the process done, but they expect okay. that full you ten know, k back. You know, once the book is coming out, but if there's no book, and then of course your agents who are representing you. You know, they get a portion of that, too, normally for representing you with the publishing house. So that's what they're upset about because, you know, they have to pay that money back, too. So they're looking to Bella, you know, how are you going to compensate us? Because they have a separate contract with her more than likely. So that's a double whammy um, that she has to come up with. Yeah, and they can no longer represent her. So, I mean, that's not a cookie crumbles, bitch. Shit. And we not Trump change because she went to Italy three times. And she bought Class A drugs. Yes. <laughs> and she was pretty popular, so I mean, who knows how big that advance was? It could have been really substantial because she had a big name after that first um, series that she had that came out. So they could have put down a lot of money for her. Mm-hmm. That she squandered. Yeah. All gone. Can't even pay the rent. But isn't this typical with black people? Let's. I have to go on a little side here. <laughs> hey. Isn't this what we talk about? Come on. How many entertainers, athletes, rappers, singers, and not nowadays, from Motown days, from back, how many people get a little bit of money and there's a hole in their pocket and broke? We've talked about this on this before. Yeah. 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 I don't think that's a black thing. I think that's just an American thing. Well, she's not American and she's black. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just saying white folks do it too. Well, we don't hear about them. worried about them. No, but I get your point. So don't single us out because that happens to um, the entertainment community. They they get the advance and then they use the advance to present like they've been living in this lifestyle when they did not get to that lifestyle yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. I mean, true. It's not just a black thing. right? It's anyone who didn't come from means and doesn't have an example or the wherewithal or knowledge to know how to deal with it. But yeah. a lot of black people fall into that. So, hey. Okay. So anyway, next. Okay. Oh, the next scene. The next scene's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Um, yes. So we leave off from Bella and her nonsense, and we're linking up with Mr. Kwame, who's at a restaurant. He's placed a meal order. Tofu bolognese, all fine. The camera pans, and we see who he's there with. You would assume he's probably hanging out with Tyrone, whatever. But no. It is the black men-loving white girl that he had the hookup with. I don't know this girl's name. Um, I'm just calling her Miss Hat. <laughs> I want to say her name is Sarah. I think I recall that name. I think. Is it Sarah? I I've never heard her name. name. I don't know. I don't think he mentioned the name, but okay, oh, wow. we're going to run with Sarah. We'll run with Sarah, quote unquote. Right? So it's like when I first saw her sitting there, I was just like, I thought we were done with this. Right? <laughs> why, mm-hmm. why, why is he sitting here with her? She doesn't look happy. So I'm going to assume she didn't broker this meeting. So why leave it alone? But no. All right. Fine. So uh, she places her order. There's a lot of sass going down. And so she's just like, I'm guessing she just wants to get down to like why she's here, why he calls the meeting. So he decides that he needs to apologize to her face to face. So he apologizes for his problematic behavior. You know, he confirms that it was an experiment gone wrong, kind of. And he did have intentions of hooking up with the woman. He would have done it with any woman essentially but they connected and they became friends and he kind of wishes that he would have been honest with her before they hooked up and maybe they could have maintained the friendship that they were building mm-hmm. over time. well he said that he should have realized based on their conversation them connecting she wasn't right for the experiment so basically i don't think he's saying the experiment's wrong he's just saying I liked you too much. You shouldn't have been the experiment. I should have been yeah. somebody else. But I don't know which is worse. I know. I'm going to experiment with somebody I hate. Like, Kwame, um, what are you saying? You know, but I get it. If somebody's there for a hookup, they're there for the thrust. And if that's the case, then he tries out having sex with a woman. He gets the thrust. She gets the thrust. And then they go about their business. But, yeah, there was too much texting in between. I guess so. Ismael, how do you feel as, as a resident male? Oh, this whole situation. <laughs> Number one, I probably wouldn't have gave her an apology. I understand why he do it, why he did it, knowing Kwame and his personality. Um, he's not, she used the word predator with him. I don't know if anybody caught that. I yes, did. Oh, yes. I did. And I yeah. didn't like it. Me neither. I don't I, like I, that I word. If and she told him he was canceled, too. Right. <laughs> like well, that okay. order. So hold on, let's get to the whole thing and then talk about it. Cause sure. we just we just got to the food ordering. So let's get to the whole thing and then come back to like <laughs> our interpretation of what happened. Oh yeah, because then she starts talking and she's like, Well, he likely would not have heard the offensive shit that was coming out of her mouth had he not stepped into her house under a fake identity. And so I'm like, Okay, that's kind of weird and Kwame was mm-hmm. like, you know, he wasn't com- contemplating doing something like this ever again to another woman like you know he made the mistake he's trying to own up for it but she's still on her high horse and she's like he shouldn't have gotten away with the shit that he pulled off with and then this is when she jumps in and she says that the reality is that predators and criminals never face justice Mm. and then she raises her hand and he's like yo I'll, i'll cancel your order she's like great and you're canceled too so look, I have too many problems with this whole section. Ishmael, yeah. you're going. I, my whole thing is this bitch is trying it. She's <laughs> tried it off the gate. Actually, she tried it the minute he ordered tofu, and she's like, "Yes, vegetarian now." Yep. And he's yep. like, "I'm, I'm trying it." it it's shady. She's been shady 
the whole fucking time. And like I said from the beginning, and I stand by what I said, okay? In the last episode, <laughs> I stand by what I said. You didn't know him like that. And so you wanted to hook up with him. You didn't ask him any questions. So, yeah, he should have told you, but so what, bitch? That's the hookup culture. And and the fact that he's even coming and saying something, he is too nice. He shouldn't have said shit. He shouldn't apologize for shit. She didn't even apologize. She's like, you want to hurt me say homophobic shit. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. I'm not, I'm not on her side. I'm not on her side at all. I think, yeah, Kwame was wrong, but at the end of the day, like I said then, chuck it to the game, and that's it. That's how I feel about it. Whatever. I totally agree, because I'm like, when you're in the dating game, like, or the hookup culture, as they were doing, it's you're being used. You're using, and you're being used. Tit for tat in this situation. So she just didn't like the way that she got used. That's where the problem came into her ego, because she felt like, oh, you don't get to use me this way because you're a gay. Well, mm-hmm. You were making a couple remarks, not just about um, homosexuality, but just also about your fetishizing of black men. You know, that was a big kink for her. So she's basically using him for that. And, you know, she didn't deserve any type of apology. He was way too nice. I wouldn't have been there in the first place. You know, you got what you wanted. I got what I wanted. That's the end of it. We don't need to be friends anymore. We didn't know each other on that level to really be disclosing so much information in the first place. This is what happened. I, I think I think she I didn't mind the apology. I just didn't see why they need to have a whole meal over it. I, I thought a text message would have been suffice. Absolutely. I don't know if you can convey what he conveyed in a text message because I felt his um, apology. I felt it. It it it, it, it felt genuine. Um, like he's a changed person behind it, and and to convey that through a text message, something would have got gotten lost in translation. But I don't understand how they ended up at a restaurant ordering food. Because the worst thing to do is to try to choke food down in front of someone who um, who you, you don't enjoy their company. That's the hardest yeah, that's a good thing point. to swallow. Yeah. Well, I thought it should have been coffee. I thought it was, I was yeah, like, yeah. Why, I said, I, I, first thing I said was like, where did I do this at? I said, you, where did I do this at? Because if I'm upset <laughs> someone, I'm really upset with someone. We don't even know each other like that, right? Like, this yeah. is going back to, like, okay, it's hard for when you really care about someone to have a hard conversation. To the, You know what? Yeah, I'm going to sit with my friends. I'm going to sit with my family. You know, we'll sit down and, you know, because it's a tough conversation. We can eat through it, blah, blah, blah. But this is someone that I don't even know you like that. And the conversation, everything went all the way left. Yeah. The fact that we're meeting, like, this could be a coffee or a drink. And that's it. We're not going to sit here and kiki and, you know, that would just be like a meeting if that, because I get it for the apology. It maybe shouldn't be a text message. Fine. If you want to do it, but it's not going to, you're going to sit there and eat and like, you know, break bread. You're not going to do that. You're not going to break bread over something like this. And I also feel like she was out of line because it takes a lot for someone, especially who didn't have a relationship with you or something that deep to come to you to try to apologize. Yeah. That is a huge gesture, and you should recognize that. So to Ismail's point, your ego is in the way that you're so busy trying to be in the right. That's why you huffing and puffing and be on the soapbox. And I know people feel differently, like, you know, Kwame should have told her he was gay. Da-da. But I agree with Ismail, and I've said it again, and people, and I say about everything. I said about Terry and her threesome, which is going to come up again. If you go into a hookup culture situation, people are using each other. There is not disclosure because it is hookup culture. And that is buyer beware. That's what you're signing up for. You're signing up for you potential STDs, somebody being married. You don't know because you've only known this person 
24 hours a week or so this is the risk that you're going to take unfortunately that's true i think kwame was taking ben's advice of trying to be the person that he thinks his love interest wants them to be to like way too far way too far <laughs> he ain't need to do all of this this is, this is extra right, right. But there goes that predator word, boy. I don't like that. I don't like it when people throw around that word. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> especially, no, especially when it comes from a white woman, it can be weaponized. Especially absolutely. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, it's why you don't know what she's talking about. It's why you don't know what she's talking about. We had a whole episode, the whole rebuttal, where uh, Trinity is really not into this word predator. Hello. Oh well, this is that's. Totally different situation, you know, totally different <laughs> dynamics. You know, we not even go back to that one. Totally different dynamics. <laughs> I think this chick just needed to get on her soapbox and just get some stuff off her chest. But she shouldn't have been given the platform for it. And this is why, this is where, like, Kwame has empowered her to do so. It wasn't necessary. Okay, anyway, let's move on. She's canceled in my book. She's talking about canceling <laughs> She's canceled to me. So, next scene... Wait, are we outside ego death here? Is this ego death outside? I yeah, think I didn't so. realize yeah. it at first, but it yeah, is. It is. That's what I thought. Okay. And, you know, Bella is leaning on Terry, and Terry's comforting her, saying it's going to be okay. Lord. Yeah, because she's like crying and stuff, and what can you do? But as this is happening, the waiter comes by to check up on the ladies, and Terry asks for the bill. And asked for him to text her number so that she can have his. So it's like, okay, where's this coming from? But this has been their hangout, mm-hmm. like we've been saying, for the last couple months. So maybe she's seen him um, and she likes what she sees. I don't know. Um, so she then asks Bella how she's holding up. And Bella says she's in more debt than she's ever been in before. And so Terry's like, yeah, but how are you going to pay them back? And it's like, bitch, who knows? This is why she's sitting here. She says it. She's like, this is why I'm crying. I don't know. Like, Bella can't pay her rent. She can't do anything. The girl can't even eat. How's she supposed to handle this now? So, um, Bella then gets a text message. And it just so happens to be Della. So she's asking Bella, like, what time and where can she meet? Because she got the DM. She sent her an email. You know, let's link up. So I guess now Bella kind of sees this as like, all right, maybe I can, you know, save myself and Mm -hmm. get something done and likely, Mm -hmm. you know, move on with my life or whatever. Terry's like, great. She takes this as an opportunity to then go stalk her little waiter as he leaves. So she's like, you know, you can handle this yourself. I'm out. And she runs off with Kai, right? right? So we now see where terry and kai have ended up and they are at a restaurant lots of restaurants this episode i don't know his name at all but okay kai yeah um so terry has the standard female meal of chicken salad because i guess this is the easiest thing to eat on a first date i don't know is this a date i have no idea i don't know what's going on she just chased the boy down the block (laughs) but (laughs) and said feed me She's always looking for a meal. I mean, she ain't got Arabella to pay for anything anymore. That's right. She's got to get it when she can. As a matter of fact, um, didn't she say, I'll take the bill and your number? So suddenly Terry is the breadwinner in the... She's got a job. Terry, um, Bella relationship. Yeah. Uh She's the only one now. And so the waitress drops off Kai's meal. Terry comments on it. 
and the waitress comes back and she kind of interrupts them and she says to Kai, she's like, you know, I just want to thank you so much. She's seen some, I'm assuming a recent interview that he did on something called Flipside. And she's like a fan and, you know, he's like, oh, thank you. No problem. So now I'm guessing Terry sees this as, oh, this guy is notable. Who are you? And mm-hmm. she's intrigued, right? So she not only switches her order to what he's eating, but she's like, you know, what's going on? Tell me more about yourself. Because Terry's nosy and, you know, she likes to know. And she's like, well, I'm an actress. So I would like to know who I'm sitting with. Mm-hmm. And so he's deflecting and he's like, you know, you want another drink or what? And Terry's like secrets. So and we all know how she loves secrets. So she excuses herself to the restroom. She's got her phone in her hand. So I think we already know that she's about to go Google the shit out of this guy. And as she's walking off, you kind of see him looking at her and then he kind of puts his head down. So it's like, well, what are you really hiding? Because it's got to be something. So we cut from that. We go back to Bella and we see Bella kind of fidgeting around in her seat. She's putting her hat, dog, water, whatever thing on, on and off of her head. And then in the background, who do we see? Zane Tariq. We go. And it's like, we don't need this right now. She's just that was getting such over a shock. all of this foolishness. Yeah. We don't need this. Okay. So she finally notices him. And she's like, oh, hey, long time. And he's like, yeah. And he pauses and he asks, you know, how are you doing? And his whole demeanor is weird. He's like mm-hmm. hunched over. He's being very like coy. And it's like, what the hell? Like, what is going on? Like, keep walking. And she's like, oh, well, I'm brilliant. <laughs> I'm living my best life, whatever. And he's like, hmm. Okay. He's like, can I get you a drink or something? And she's like, no, no, no. I'm waiting for somebody actually. And so he pauses and he goes, hi. And she's like, hi. And I think it's sinking in for people watching it, but obviously for the character, she's not picking it up. So he it didn't sink in for me. Stares at her again. It did. It, it did. The first time I watched it, I was like, nigga, what are you doing here? She waiting for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> once he said hi again, after she said, I'm waiting for somebody, and he said hi, I was like, you have got to be shitting me. Okay? So she finally connects it. And she's like, really? Seriously? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, fuck this shit. And I was like, fuck it too. Because what are you going to do now? Right. So now he confesses to her the whole situation. And he's like, after everything that went down at Summit, of course, Susie, dollar dollar bills, is thinking, <laughs> all right, let me capitalize on this. He's a good writer. I'm going to publish his work regardless. So she didn't want to risk using his name. So they come up with this new persona for him, right? Because men always get extra chances. Sorry, Ismail. I don't mean to like, right, do that. Up. I, I men will always that. get chance after chance, all right? But no, so then on, Bella, no, no. it has nothing to do with no, go ahead. It has nothing to do with being a man. It doesn't? I said this during that episode. I said, hold up, hold up. This is business. Bella fucking up her bag. What are you talking about? Listen, <laughs> she was already going to publish the boy. Okay? She already had a deal. She already saw something in him, blah, blah, blah. You didn't give her any opportunity to try to rectify the situation. Bella usurped this and created this PR night, this nightmare. Yeah. yeah. So, Henny House, she had plans for Zane. It has nothing to do with second chance. Bella, this, listen, this is Bella's drama that she brought to her. So, she's still going to maintain her business and her contract. And just doing another name so she can still profit as she had intended. You know, she has her projections and stuff for the year. Because of Bella's little fucked up shit, she going to stop doing that? I said it was business at the time, and it's all business. Y'all be watching too much Disney. 
This is big. <laughs> but I don't know what's like, what sort of longevity that gives him. Like he gets the one book and that's it because he has but, no agency. Yeah. But so many, from but that. How many people use pseudonyms when they write? A lot of people use pseudonyms when they write, right? You end well, up finding true. out who they are. Eventually, if they want to. The memories are still very short, too. People eventually do move on, even something as serious as rape. People just, time almost, everybody gets to make a comeback. You know, Mike Tyson, people who've been in jail for rape. You know, after time, people just move on. And it's hardly ever spoken about. So if the book is good, and he does one, two, three more, he won't have any problems. It'll almost be like it never happened. It's almost like a little blip in the radar for a celebrity. We talked about Woody Allen. We talked, yeah. yeah, Trinity. Yeah. We talked about this two times. Okay, girl. Yes, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's still so <laughs> though. <laughs> and, and Henny isn't letting anyone interrupt her securing the bag. That's I what guess. I said. Not at all. That's why Henny's the boss. Okay. Problem Business. solved. Business baby. She even came up with the name, cause mm-hmm. if Bella fucks up your bag, you might as well name the new person Della. I don't know. How messed up is that, though? <laughs> so How messed up was that to 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 name him Della? That was so. I when I was like, oh. I want to call myself Gwen Stradamus because I have to listen <laughs> back to that episode because I told y'all and I told y'all because I know people in business and I know the sliminess and I know how it goes. Like that was cute. This little incident that you had, but this is a whole machine that's moving on. And you actually were messing up her situation. And so she still wants it. At the end of the day, Susie Henny bet on the right horse because Bella mm. can't finish the book. Yeah, so, she got a finished product. Yeah, she got a finished product. So this is her business. She has to think about her bottom line, her investments, everything she's done. And Bella had an outburst at this public event that she invited her to at the last minute. Susie didn't have to do that. Like, I, I just think that we are taking it so much from the context of Bella, like, oh, and her drama, but that's your own individual drama, and this is a business. Yeah. Yeah, you make a good yeah. point. Money talks. So, um, yeah, Della. So... Della gonna make them Dallas, okay? <laughs> Mr. Della and Della watched the video. So, it seems to be that the desperation Della saw, aka Zane, in the video must have prompted him to expose this dirty little secret, right? If she wasn't sitting on the toilet, would he have showed up? Because she looked. Well, I, I mean that that pretty yeah, it was pretty. That was pretty big call for help. You think that's what she got from that? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm asking, right? It's like if she wasn't so desperate, would he have bothered to show up? If she would have sent the first video, would he have reached out? I think so because I, I because I think all right. If we go back to episode, I can't remember which one it was, but. The, the issue there, the way she went about it in that public setting, right, and shaming him publicly, she never actually, they never got to sit down and talk about it. I, th- I feel like I'm on repeat. I think I said this at that time, too. She never actually addressed it with him directly for them mm-hmm. to really talk through it and come to a conclusion. I'm not saying she had to do that, right? I'm not saying I'm making excuses for him. But they never got to have the hard conversation about, like, you know, this is wrong. This is considered rape in a lot of countries. You asked me for a kiss and then you took out the condom. That's wrong. Like, she never really did that. Like, she just got abruptly blindsided when she heard that podcast. And then she reacted in this public setting. So I do think, you know, and I don't know, I do think he wants to make some type of amends 
because I'm sure he's also gotten dragged. Like yeah. Motherfucker, he's gotten dragged from this outburst as well and just kind of wants to do the right thing. I don't know if it was because he saw her on the toilet because he eventually says, like, look, I was hired to help you and I didn't. Yeah. Oh, he's probably got some guilt. Yeah. Yeah. And he wants to atone. That's what I said. Knowing how manic Bella is, is this a secret you really want to tell her and think that she's going to keep it a secret? She well, put you secret? on public blast once. Oh, of him being him being right. Bella? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. He did take a risk. He did it take a, a big risk. risk. But the book is already out, too, so I think he's okay to a degree. You know, it seems like the book is doing well. And I think he may have, I know this is off screen, but I was also speculating that he maybe got word that she got dropped and that Me made too. feel even more guilty. Maybe. Yeah. Kind of yeah. yeah. Remember, he blocked her at first. So I think he wasn't going to deal with her. But then I think once he got word of that, he really felt bad about the situation. Yeah, I think so too. I, I do think he probably got wind of her getting dropped by Henny House. So, I don't know. Ismail, Jay, what do you guys think of this whole kind of Zane Bella interaction? It's, it seems like this is uh, the same way Kwame had a coming to uh, like this apology moment with the corny girl in the hat. Here, here Zane is trying to make amends, like y'all said, and it it feels right to me. If and if if Bella doesn't hold the secret that Della is really Zane, it works out well because Sundial is a hit probably. And if his true name does get published somewhere, well, his his work already spoke for him. Whereas if he were to initially publish under his own name, it wouldn't be received well at all. So he probably doesn't mind whether or not Della truly keeps the secret. So this is a this is a not a win win, but this is helpful to him to make his heart feel a little more at peace. Because when y'all talk later about the scene in him helping her it really evens itself out. I'll leave yeah. that to Trinity. To I agree. I give agree. us the play-by-play. <laughs> yeah, I think he was just trying to make amends here. And you, I, I smile, I agree. He probably did get wind of her being dropped and is like, yo, let me do right by her. Like, she's hit rock bottom, obviously. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, although she says something funny. She's like, you know, she goes on this whole thing like, you know, uh, she's like, you know, I don't want you to, you know, I'm not scared of you. You're not underneath my bed. And he's like, you know, I don't want you to be afraid of me. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I've been under and I'm probably more frightening than the last time you saw me. He's like, you were pretty frightening the last time I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, I even wrote that down. That darkness is now in me looking at you. I'm like, yeah, dark. I guess that's the darkness we saw in, um, in the Halloween episode. Mm. I think so. Yeah. 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 There were a lot of references to the Halloween episode and, you know, under the bed, all the stuff, you know, under the line. And so, you know, I just thought it was funny. You know, she's like, I'm not afraid. He's like, uh, you were frightening last time I saw you, which is true. You know, which is true. You know, mm-hmm. she gave him hell. Right. So he gets to sit down and he gives her a printout of a diagram for like nonfiction they kind of make amends. So this felt, but I, I want to make one distinction here. This feels different than Kwame and the girl in a bad hat because she and Zane had more of a relationship, 
right? Mm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. she had kind of started to date him. They had started to get to know each other. They're, they had more of a bond and more timing as opposed to Kwame. This was a one-time hookup. So it just seems kind of disingenuous to even bother to go through this whole apology for somebody you don't even know where she and Zane did have more where they had this outburst, but they never really did get to talk through. Like, what was yeah. happening? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then we're hearing some noise in the background, you guys. This is oh, that's Queens again. <laughs> so for Bella, I think this was really good for her. As crazy as that sounds, I think um, initially when she reached out to quote unquote Bella, she was looking for a savior, so to speak, and she kind of does that a lot. But what she really needed was reality and that idealism. And the reality of the situation is, you know, people that are predatory, have raped before and things like that. They're not these monsters that, you know, jumping out of bushes. They're people that we know. Sometimes they're our brothers, they're our friends. So there's that uh, contradictory reality of how people are. The fact that he was helpful, he is helpful to her. He was able to get her through this creative process and rut that she was in, but he still violated her. You know, they both mm-hmm. exist at the same time. And she kind of had to come to that um, reality that, no, he's not a complete monster, even though what he did was totally wrong and that she was still able in a way to I think forgive him even though it wasn't like a like you mentioned earlier that sit down between Sarah and Kwame it wasn't that type of forgiveness but the fact that he was able to restore her creativity she was able to accept that and move on and kind of let him uh, be from her life at that point yeah I mean people are one-dimensional and even you know their situation is so tricky because the whole stealthing thing is that after it happened, you know, she continued to date him and didn't really know it was wrong or didn't want to address it till after she heard that it was wrong from a podcast. So she obviously had, even after this, what had been done, she was liking him and mm-hmm. building feelings for him. So, you know, these things are so complicated. You know, it's not black and white. And I've said this about this whole show, this whole series. It's, it just shows you all the different shades of gray because right. these things are never one-dimensional and she herself as a victim is not or as a survivor rather is not painted with one brush of like oh let's feel far- sorry for her she's so great she's you know that no she's not sometimes she's an asshole too like we've, mm-hmm. seen, we've mm-hmm. seen that too so it's it's all levels of grayness in these relationships and these situations that it's not always so clear-cut right. that's true and i was thinking earlier when you were mentioning that i kind of forgot that this was a pattern for him because remember when she went to that event, there was the other woman that came up to him, come up, came up to her and told her that he does this repeatedly with women that he meets in the industry, particularly the women that he's supposed to be mentoring, which is the big issue. You know, you have a power position where you're supposed to be helping your colleagues and you ended up sleeping with all of them. Now, all of those weren't potentially raped. We don't know that. But obviously, when you're in a position like that, you should not be sleeping with your colleagues. And then you see how his sexual preferences are. Like you said, a bunch of gray areas and a bunch of different um, dynamics going on here. Yeah, agreed. So Good next point, scene. Yeah. Oh boy, here we go again. So Trifling Terry's in the bathroom stall, <laughs> and she's found her video. And the intro comes in, and it's like you know, flip side, and we're shining a light on trans musician, trans, transsexual musician. Well, I didn't hear that part. Oh, Kai okay. Forrest. I heard yeah. musician. I didn't hear trans. Okay, oh, you it. didn't hear that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I caught that. Okay. I missed. I missed it too. That's crucial information. I mean, it comes out eventually, but I didn't. I didn't hear it in the video. Like I knew the musician. I was like, okay, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, um, that video yeah. is what tells her 
what who she's sitting who she's having lunch with. Well, that's not fair. I don't think that's fair because well let's let's go through. Wait, I have a question. Do you think it was appropriate for the waitress to come up and mention where she saw him? Yes. The, the waitress yeah, I didn't mention have a problem where. With that. Oh yeah, the waitress did mention where. That's how she knew to Google it. But then it's obviously not a secret if um, if it's on that site. And no one I said it was a secret. It never was a secret. Yeah, so what's the it wasn't. The it wasn't saying? a secret. So, so there's no. Because I, I was just, I was just thinking like maybe because because the waitress would he outed himself if it wasn't for the waitress? Yeah, I think. Or the like, is that? Not, it is not a big deal. Like the idea is, um, like, like we don't talk about our, what's in our in our drawers at the. Um, yeah, but I, I felt like oh, it okay, pushed okay. up the timeline. Like, oh, maybe okay. he... Okay, like go ahead, we're, we're all kind of speeding ahead. We haven't even said what even happened. So, <laughs> I was like, so, so, last scene, the waitress comes up and is like, oh, you know, blah, 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 Terry asks, and he's like, oh, do you want a drink? And so, Terry's like, okay, Secrets goes to the bathroom. Here we sing, she's in the bathroom, sees that it's a trans musician. She goes back out, and he immediately asks her if he should get the bill. And she's like, no, why? And he's like, well, it's, you seem uncomfortable. She says, no, me. No, I'm fine. I'm having a great time. He's like, mm -hmm. so where are we? She's like, she was telling him about her job. She tells him she's an actress. And then Terry switches on him and says, oh, so what's your background? What's your history? He's like, I was born in Harvestshire. I moved to London when I was 17 to make it as a guitarist. I ended up studying fine arts. And now I have an outward appearance of a young man. And within my pants lies a vagina. So Terry looks. In the corner, I don't know if y'all saw, the waitress was looking over, too. Okay, mm. the waitress was looking, mm -hmm. too. And so the date asks her, you know, is she, how is she feeling? If she wants to leave, Terry says, well, if she leaves, people will think she's transphobic. He's like, right. so you're not transphobic? She's like, I'm not. He's like, so your food just came in. You wanted it. She keeps nodding, saying yes. And then he tells her, well, you might as well try it since it's still warm. And she's kind of sitting there uncomfortable. So... Let's talk through all of this dynamic, right? So her watching the video, technically, do, we don't know. Honestly, we don't know. He did change the subject in that moment. She immediately went to the bathroom. Who's to say that he wasn't going to say anything? Or do we think that if the waitress hadn't said something, he would have hit it? No, no, no. I was going to agree with you with the point that you made earlier about it moved up the timeline. Right. Because now he, he, he might have wanted, you might want to tell somebody that on the second second date or the third date and is this even a date she chased him down when yeah. he was getting off his work shift it's, yeah, it's really it's really early so i mean the per he seems very open and honest i know we're kind of assuming so i don't think he would be someone that would hide that type of information but yeah, you know, i don't think so just, either yeah we're just talking getting to know each other that will come up eventually but you know we're still getting into the introductory phase so yeah he wouldn't kwame her that's for we need to put that in urban lingo. You've been kwame girl. I, I, first, details later. I think, like, we're assuming... I mean, I, I think there's two things. Are we assuming that he knows that she went and Googled him? Like, yes. Are, so, we're assuming he knew she went to the bathroom and Googled him, and that's why he had to say, you know, in my pants lies a vagina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, On the first date, that, quote unquote. And that's why as soon as she got back to the table, he was like, should I get the check? True, true. Yeah, no, I think he does know that she Googled him. Yeah, he does know that. 
but it, it happened so quickly like she went to go find out herself right and so when she came back he just said it so who's to say he maybe he would have given her another half an hour he maybe would have said something right 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 but she immediately was like well i'm gonna go find out myself and that's what she so said. so do we agree with the waitress bringing it up but I don't on. think there was any way for the waitress to know that Terry didn't know she was okay. sitting with a trans yeah. person, especially with Kai having some kind of platform in public. To okay. Interviewed. Right. But why was she? Not, I, I feel like that's fair to say she's wrong to do that because we saw Bella walking down the street and the dude came out the store and was like, "Oh, thank you so much." When she was on social media for you know using your platform, blah blah blah. So that's what mm -hmm. happens when you're public figure. We've seen people do that to Bella several times. First episode, you know, all the people in the bad wigs coming up, you know. Mm, that's true. That's true. So the waitress, why why should the waitress hide knowing him? Right. If he's not hiding, okay. Yeah, I don't think the waitress should hide. She, the waitress didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, the waitress didn't do anything wrong. I think his hesitation mm -hmm. when she asked, you know, initially, like, hey, what's your, you know, it's work-related, and he kind of, like, do you want a drink? Well, yeah. You know, if someone asks you a direct question and you try to not answer, mm -hmm. then it does cause for suspicion. But Terry left it to no chance and immediately found out for herself. So Okay. Terry got wise. Terry got wise. <laughs> She's still trifling. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Let me so, ask everybody your question. I don't know if it's too personal. Same situation. If you were encountering that, would you have stayed or would you have left once you found out this was a, a trans man that you're sitting with? Well, I'm not going to let good food go to waste. So I would have sat through the meal. <laughs> I would have stayed. I, I'm like, I would have stayed too. Yeah. I would have stayed. I don't. I don't care. But actually, my this is my thing. I felt like, are you? Did she feel pressured to stay though? Because she didn't want to look. Transparent. Like I personally would have stayed. I don't care. And actually, for you, actually, this episode reminded me for people who are old listeners. Some I mean, of y'all are new listeners from when I first did the podcast started two years ago. Kimmy, I guess, mm. has not been back on, but we've talked about the subject a lot. And I've talked about Laith Ashley, who's a trans <laughs> fan. All this I remember stuff. That episode, so, yeah. There's, a, you know, because you know, because Laith Ashley's very good looking. Uh, anyone goes follow him on Instagram. And so I, I would definitely stay and talk because this is the thing. I also feel like it's just a conversation, right? And this is where we have to really be, you know, it keeps coming up this topic of hookup culture. So if you're going through things in a lens of hookup culture, then you're going to leave because you're like, well, I can't fuck your genitals, right? Mm -hmm. But if you are like, okay, look, this is a person I saw. I'm just getting to know them. Like every person you see or meet is not somebody who you're going to fucking date or sleep with. Right? right. So I don't mm -hmm. think there's anything wrong with like, okay, even if she say didn't want to pursue this with him, but like, why do you gotta get up from the meal? Like, oh, I found out right. you're trans. I gotta leave. Like, that doesn't mean you, I found out you're trans and you get up and run away. Like, what the fuck for? Still a person. You were having a conversation because every person you meet does not mean you immediately have to go fuck. Them. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you can just have a nice meal and a conversation. Him. Yeah. And from a man's perspective, if it were a trans woman, I just would have stayed just from the fact that I would be so shocked that I couldn't tell. Mm. <laughs> that's you know, that's here, fine. You know, here in Atlanta, you know, I'm normally able to kind of tell very quickly. So I would just be shocked on that way. Like, I had no idea. So I just would have wanted to get the whole routine. How long it's been? When did you transition? I'd want to know all that. Well, I, I feel the opposite about this, um, this whole hookup culture versus... Because if it's a hookup and this person presents as a man, 
and if tools of the trade are packed in the bag instead of on the body, then it could still be a thrust. But if <laughs> Break it down, Jay. But if yes. it's a relationship, like we're trying to vibe and, and, and connect as a monogamous future building re uh, relationship, then how are you going to make babies? So if that, if, since babies are important to me, I would be less inclined to stay on that road. I don't think it has to be a second date. Like, okay, it was nice to meet you and know about you, but like a first date with a conversation, okay. Well, okay, well, okay, well, I think this, this is going to go down a rabbit hole, but like, I think some people may not want tools in the trade in the back because some people, I can use my own tools to trade in the back. Mm. Someone else's tools in the trade in the back. <laughs> Sometimes I need the tools of trade to be attached to you as a human being. Right. Yeah, but if you're in your house, it doesn't hurt to have an extra pair of hands. <laughs> <laughs> but this is... <laughs> Jesus. Point counterpoint. Let's go. I just so I agree. I, I think this is going to be personal preference in terms of the hookup, right? Like there is absolutely. so many preferences there. I mean, I can tell you that there's some people I know that particularly go for just trans women with the still equipment that they were born with. That's what they go for. They right. don't want anything different from that. And then some people I mean just want regular women. Well, I shouldn't say regular, but was it uh, cis. cis born women? They cis, yeah. yeah. Right. So there's so many different ways and preferences that people have with that. Some people want. You know, the equipment is different. You know, you completely transitioned. So you got to ask all those questions at the beginning to know what you're dealing with. And then, you know, it's interesting to find out when exactly do you feel, this is what I know you, when you talk about trying to get a trans person on the, the podcast, when, when is the comfort level when you actually tell somebody, um, you know, that you're trans? You know, when does that actually happen? Because, you know, they have to be, you know, of course, aware that there could be a violent reaction. So when is the comfort level where they feel like they are able to actually reveal that information? I mean, I think it's also sad. I think a few things. I think it's sad that there could be a violent reaction. I don't think there should ever be a violent reaction, right? I, I just don't think there should be. I like, I just don't think so. I, I think it's, well, why is it violent? This is a person, blah, blah. I think you can always be, you know, upset for the lack of transparency, whatever or not, but I think we just all need to be clear. And I think this still applies to some of the same stuff I said to Terry about the threesome and all the stuff and hookup culture like if you're getting in a situation where hookup culture you're at risk you don't know because it's just not enough time to kind of build and understand what's going on so you're just gonna have to rock whatever somebody gives you because there is a lack of transparency and there's just a lack of knowledge because it is hookup and so there's just not enough detail for you to know and so you just you're just gonna get what the fuck you get unfortunately you have to deal with whatever it is i think it's when you are more into a deeper building of a relationship and things like that where of course the, the upset is to me more warranted but then it becomes all right well then how are you talking about things what are things coming up right because it's also like Kwame like when was he supposed to tell the girl he's gay mm -hmm. I, I stand by and a lot of people feel like she should you guys feel like he a lot of people feel like he should have told her because that's for her consent I feel like hookup culture you need to understand that you are going in blind but is there a gray line between hookup culture and a date like are the like i i think people need to be clear at the get-go like i'm just looking to hook up or i want to date and get to know somebody better like are people having those conversations 
So if you have one date and have sex one time and then never do it again, what was that? I think that falls under hookup. So do I. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But that doesn't mean that somebody should withhold information regards being trans or being gay. If you are on your app and it doesn't say bye, you can't show up as a gay man and say, I want to experiment and have sex with you without telling me. Yeah. I, I feel like if you're meeting, let's say, on Bumble, like that should that should be stated. What difference does it make? I always ask. It that. makes a difference to people because as we're learning throughout the show, consent is not always clear and consent is different per the individual. Right? Stealthing may not be an issue for some people. It may be a huge issue for others. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is my my thing. Stealthing, I get. So I, I guess it's my fundamentalist show. It's like okay, so I need to consent to a straight man who sleeps with me once and ghosts me, but I guess if I have a heads up that he's a gay man and sleeps with me once and ghosts me, I feel like oh I wasn't, I didn't have my I wasn't empowered. Like I, I for me I'm like so because the issue you're having is with him being gay, but like I don't know. I'm like what's the difference? If it's like it's a hookup, it's one time and it's it's done. Why does it matter if the person was straight or gay? Because if he's gay, what is happening here? You are not attracted to women. So what are your intentions? Are they nefarious? I should know. It's not like he's bi. If he's bi, whatever. No problem. Yeah. But you are gay. You are gay. What difference does it make when if it was you a as a heterosexual you, female? You, are you just you, gonna go hook up with a woman and not tell her that you're a heterosexual straight female? Like that's crazy. Why you should you present your true self. I feel like it's at the hookup. I, I don't agree. <laughs> I that's I think funny. ideally I think ideally, but I'm like, but wait, what what are we not like? If the just if the end of the day is like yo. If a straight dude ghosts me, like, slept with me one time, ghosts me, and a gay dude ghosts me. Like, the other day, I got ghosted and didn't even know this nigga. So why did it matter if he was gay or straight? I don't know. For me, I, I, I have a hard time processing the logic. Well, I think, I think the problem with Kwame and Miss Hat is that he just didn't, like, what he did with his guys. He just didn't put on his clothes, zip his pants, and leave. Like, they, had a, they smoked a cigarette or a joint, and they had a conversation. So it's like, you know, if it was a hookup, he just should have been out. He could have done all of the same things as a straight man and never talked to that girl again after that night. And that's fine because he was presented as a straight man. Kwame did not present himself as a gay man. I'm with you know Gwen. what, this reminds it, it me of... Um, I'm, I'm with Gwen. Go ahead. Thing, go ahead, Jay. I'm with Gwen. This thing doesn't make a difference whether he was gay, straight. If it's a hookup, it doesn't matter. If somebody is on drugs and they teeth everything, they're not going to tell you. But... Um, a hookup uh, situation, you could be letting somebody who's using drugs and could take money from the wallet or from the nightstand or whatever. That's just the risk that's taken. It's wrong, but it's just the risk that's taken. So when um, thrusting with others, if that thrust comes from a gay man or from a straight man or a bi man, uh, he's not a, he's not obligated to tell you the truth it's just the risk that comes along with that reward yeah I just, I, feel, like, I just feel like if you're telling me you're in a relationship and you're moving towards dating someone and you want to I get it but we're talking about something where it's like even if they had like a little sometimes a little banter everything is not super grinder where it's like okay check fuck and leave like it's not always that mm-hmm. sometimes there's a little bit of a banter but then there's nothing beyond that like you hook up and then that's it. And so in that 
you have to be buyer beware. Like that is the risk of that situation. Like forget if he wasn't gay. Like to her point, he could be uh, he could be like a crackhead. He could be all these things. You didn't tell me he's a crackhead. Well, no, no he's not gonna tell you a crackhead. <laughs> I mean, he's not. I mean, it's like a lot of times, like oh, I'm a deadbeat dad. I don't pay child support. There's a lot of shit they're not gonna tell you when you have you have not taken the full time to really get to know somebody okay but some people would like to know the sexual preference of the person that they're having sex with and it seems to be per his fake identity that she was claiming about earlier he presented himself as a straight man period and he didn't have to do that he could have literally said bisexual and still gotten a woman to sleep with him that's the problem why are you lying and you say that you like this girl you say that you were connecting and you wanted a friendship why lie? Tell her. Because it's nothing. Because it's a hookup. It's nothing to you. <laughs> I, but it's I think something to I, I'm with Trinity. Like, if it's a hookup, we're here for sex. So lay out your sex cards on the table. But he, Please. Did, did he lie or did he just omit the truth? He, he omitted said, straight it. up lied. What are you into? And he he said, omitted it. He didn't everything. lie. He omitted. Yeah, she he said you created everything. a fake identity. So Not he put been, straight. Yeah, yeah like all I'm saying, if you're on if you're on Bumble, you should at least put trans, straight, bi, whatever, and then bi and curious. then let yeah, and let the users are like, what is what do we always see um where it's like poly polyamorous, like just put it on there, yeah, just put it out there, Check all the damn boxes, yes, and what yes. You so you've never dated. Okay, you've bullshit. never dated a straight. Okay, listen, you've never been like with like a forget. Forget it. He's saying he's a, a straight guy. You date or hook up, and he didn't lie to you about some shit. Like I, I'm, not about his but, sexuality, Gwen. <laughs> but we just want people to be straight, well, or honest, or just forthcoming about their sexual orientation. Yes. And gender. That's it. So that's, that's only it. two, that's just two categories. We're not asking if you're a crackhead or how many baby I mamas more, you have. I am more interested, honestly. I am so much more interested in whether or not you're a crackhead or whether or not you're gay or straight, straight up. Like, but if you're I hooking mean, up, then what difference does it make if he's a crackhead? He can come steal all my shit. <laughs> with his crackhead I'm much more concerned with him being a crackhead. I'm sorry. I need to know if you're a crackhead. Lord Jesus. That's more important to me. I'm sorry. That's more important. <laughs> what if it? But what if it wasn't just a hookup? Because I've known many hookups, one night stands that turn into relationships because the people are like, you know what? I actually like you. That's, I think that's I want to keep you. That's right. That's so different. it's like you catch feelings, and now you can't even have it because this motherfucker don't like you. He doesn't uh, want a vagina. Well, that and means so it's that like now you've just stolen this opportunity but from it's me not gonna that shouldn't have even presented to me. But that's not going to turn to relationship. That's just like any other straight dude because he didn't want you. Okay, that would be different if he was going along and saying like, "Oh, he wanted a relationship." He didn't. So it's not even like lie. he doesn't want her because he just says he wanted her. He just told her at his bullshit ass lunch that he wanted her in his life, but it's under the wrong pretenses. He did not express that to her explicitly it's wrong it's wrong i'm not saying it's right i'm saying it's a risk you take in that particular situation that's that's it listen, it's, listen we, don't have to, we don't have to agree I, yeah i, I just think wrong. everybody should check check the box people just be honest when you're checking I, 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 to bring up early, I think this happened on insecure didn't molly somebody she dated he didn't he wasn't gay but he had a gay experience when he was younger i think in college or something mm-hmm. 
And she cut him off just for that. She's like, nah, I'm not, not dealing with that. And I thought that was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was wrong. And I said that then. I said it then. I said that, referenced that on these episodes too. I thought she was wrong. I thought it was especially wrong. I was like, I don't think that makes any sense. Anyway, ugh, whatever. Everyone's different. <laughs> that was a good dude. She should have kept dating him. But, she okay. should have. Yeah. Okay, she that was get over dude. that, yeah. But then That's we would have never gotten Asian Bay. Well, didn't Asian Bay leave her? He did, but we would have never seen him. (laughs) (laughs) I love Asian Bay, but I love Asian Bay. But I mean, whatever. So I I think this is gonna. This is this is why things are not black and white. And I'm just gonna say I tend to be very pragmatic about shit. And I understand that sometimes things are more than ideals, and sometimes we just gotta look at the reality of the situation. And that's where this, like, of course, ideally someone's going to tell you everything, gender, sexual, crackheads, but these are the people, (laughs) and people don't. And people don't. And I think my issue is that, so why is there a hierarchy more on that versus crackhead? Because a crackhead can come steal your shit and bring his crackhead friends. Like, I'm really concerned about a crackhead. A non-crackhead could steal your shit. (laughs) But a crackhead has a very strong propensity because of the addiction (laughs) to do that i think you're gonna be able to tell somebody's a crackhead yeah and that's dealing with material stuff this is dealing with your body you know your temple all that good stuff that's why people take it a little bit more personal no but you're you're fucking the crackhead i don't want to fuck the crackhead i don't want to fuck the crackhead let me just just say for men we have it easier so you know for for most men if if your woman says i had an experience with a woman in the past there's really no complaints they're like oh okay Look at how Slim just said, you can tell if somebody's a crackhead. Well, well, when it, when, um, when the girl with the hat, she couldn't tell that Kwame, um, has an inclination to men. So hmm. is she in the wrong then? Is she the, the vic- is she, is it her fault because she couldn't tell that Kwame normally takes the thrust instead of giving the thrust? Well, you can't see someone's well, listen, sexuality. You, you can, can see drug use. You can also give the thrust and be gay. So taking or giving doesn't make a difference whether exactly. or not top or bottom. But, but yeah, my, sure. whole, my whole point is not so much to say that we can we can see um, what sexual orientation people are just by being around them. My point is, well, when it comes to comparing somebody who's on drugs and letting them in your space in a hookup, and you're supposed to be able to see that in, in whatever short space of time, well... How is it that she's supposed to see that Kwame has his history in this short space of time? He's supposed to tell her. Well, straight men um, omit the truth all day. That's what I'm saying. Men. Married men omit the truth all day. And you got to ask these pointed questions before you get caught up and caught out there. So maybe she should have asked her pointed questions and hope that those answers are true. Exactly, and and she would have she would have gotten the truth because Kwame probably would have told her. Well, exactly. yeah, I did have have sex with men, but exactly. she didn't ask the pointed question. Exactly, it's not no no no. It's not like he just had sex with men. It's not like he experimented with men, y'all. Your boy is mm. gay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. What are we missing? So this here? okay. So actually, I want to okay. make two points here. One, I don't like. I want to be careful here. I don't want y'all thinking I'm comparing crackheads to being gay. That's actually not. I want to be really clear, clear. Like, I'm not. I'm not making a 
parallel there. I mean, that's actually horrible. So I don't want people like that sounds fucked up. Yeah, I me get that. For the yeah, yeah I don't. I want to be clear about that. That's not what I'm saying. And I hope the message is coming across is that for me, for me, just personally, that I guess I'm really saying like it's not as I think in terms of all of the information that can be omitted, someone being married, someone having whatever things it could be someone being into bdsm people all the, there's like a lot of different things that people may not tell you up front you know shit they might tell you, i have diabetes whatever it is they're not going to tell you everything up front right and so i'm not putting a hierarchy on someone's sexual identity over other things because in the context of dating and hookups especially hookup culture often times things get omitted so the onus is on you, especially if those things are important to you, to ask pointed questions and then not be now such, suddenly be the judge, jury, and be like, oh, well, you're so wrong, you did me wrong because you didn't tell me. That is par for the course in this type of culture. And I'm saying I don't actually put a hierarchy on that versus something else like that. him being gay or him being married or something like that. Like these are all types of things that people may or may not share. And I recognize that. In that con- like I just recognize that having dated men for many years, like these are things people may not, they don't admit everything. And so you really, buyer beware, needs to be really targeted and ask questions. And yes, you're at the risk so they may not tell you, but it can't be the omission where it's like, well, it never came up. Well, it came up specifically and you lied to me directly, or I did give you the opportunity to tell me and, you know, have that conversation. And I think that's important. And, and I, I don't personally feel like oh well he's gay and that's like bigger like if he were straight and he said something else omitted like what's at the end of the day i don't know what the difference is niggas gonna lie shit <laughs> i guess that's what it comes down to right yeah that's my whole thing is like well they lie <sighs> well I, I guess we just all maybe just all need to get people who are hooking up or dating just need to get in practice on the first date or the first meet and greet ask the two questions like are you trans and what's your sexual orientation? Just go ahead and put it out there. And do you have COVID? Do you have COVID? <laughs> Where you have you been in the last 14 weeks? <laughs> yeah. Have you had a temperature of higher than 98 degrees? I'm wrong with the checklist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and again, I'm not making a parallel. So please, LGBT people, don't cancel me. I'm not. <laughs> I wasn't trying to. We were just working through the conversation as dumb straights okay we're a bunch of dumb straights so just let us work through the conversation and you guys are just hearing the different no no i don't think it's fair to call us dumb straights we want them to be out and proud like kwame should have been out and proud and said i want to put my my toe in the lady pool tonight he is out and proud he just was trying something no he should have been out and proud about his bi curiosity right brother just say it this is not the best comparison because lesbians go over well with men. But if a lesbian wanted to just try, try getting thrusted on just once, and she went on an app, and lo and behold, a man is interested and they start talking. If he doesn't ask her, Are you a lesbian? Do you have sex with women on a regular basis? If she doesn't ask him that, she has to tell him. After this, I'll leave it alone. But no, she just wants to try the thrust and see if she likes it. But what's the, I just don't see like, what's the big deal of telling somebody like, yeah, I've been intimate with a lot of women and I, I think I would like to try 
dating men for a while. Like what? What? She doesn't want to date for men for a while. She's trying because it one it's time. Gonna, it's gonna ruin her chances. I'm not. Uh, by the way, for the record, I'm not. I'm not saying that people should hide the truth or people should be dishonest. Of course, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that we're operating in an environment where we're around people, especially on apps like that, who are, um, who do lie and who do withhold the truth. That's so what I'm since, saying too. Since we're operating in that environment on that app, then why is it, you know, so this, this one person has to have the moral compass where all the married men are out there slapping up everything. Exactly. No. Okay. That's right. So that, I, actually, I am with Jay. I'm with Jay. No. This is the this is the app called. Come on, Team Trinity. No. Look, <laughs> I just opened up. I just opened up Tinder. Okay. Under orientation, there is straight, gay, lesbian, bisexual, asexual, demisexual. I don't even know what that is. Pansexual, queer, and questioning. <laughs> if you can't click one of those other ones, other than straight, you're an asshole, and you deserve to be called out for it. Period. Maybe he found this girl with the um. With he the did not. Hat. Maybe he found Miss Beret on the reputable <laughs> eHarmony. Or... <laughs> he was on. Like, he was everybody's on, Tinder. on Tinder with the thousand options because the all Kwame knows Bumble is Grinder and Tinder. All <laughs> Kwame knows is Grinder and Hinder. That's it. Grinder and Tinder. That's yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I'm looking at I'm looking at Bumble right now. There are there has to be fifty different sexual orientations on here. Wow. So they have intersex person, intersex woman, M two F M T F, male to female, male to female trans woman, male to female transgender woman, male to female transsexual woman. I don't even know what pangender, polygender, T man, T woman, okay, okay, trans. Okay. But listen, y'all going through all of that. I'm going to tell you the, sim the simplest option there. Single married. And motherfuckers with the wrong one all the time. Okay? Single married. That's a, you, You're going through a whole laundry list. Let's do those two. One of the biggest lies is there. Single in a relationship. All right? That's where they lie more than any, any place else. So. Mm. How about, how about but, those guys that, that check off like they're all these races? Like, oh, I'm black, Asian, other, this, that. Just so that they'll they'll show up on other women's mm -hmm. um, yeah. Oh, okay, Jay has a good point there. But I think mm -hmm. if we're talking about hooking up, we don't, I I don't think the person really cares if they're married, their relationship status. But you status. might care, you might care. You might, that's the whole thing. I think, we, I think you have to really look at the reasons why you're putting more of a value judgment on knowing the orientation versus the marital status. Why is there a hierarchy on one over the other in a situation where there's no longevity like but but who's who's putting who's saying that like one's higher than yeah. the other we didn't say that yeah Sam and i didn't say that so i'm just saying like if you're just looking for a stand a one night stand or a hookup you don't care about the person's marital status you just want to know a hierarchy that's a hierarchy because if you don't care about the marital status but you care about the orientation then that is a hierarchy i care about all of it just be honest period because if you put married you're still gonna get chicks because there are still chicks out there that want to sleep with married men yeah what is the point of lying who are you trying to fool and why because it's hookups and that's the culture and that's the app culture and it's all about fooling that's all it's about it's so all about. i guess when right. when you're like why care about anything if you're hooking up i'm saying buyer beware if you're hooking up it's smoke and mirrors so whatever you think you're getting into 
very high chance that it's not whatever you expected. There's a very high chance. And you need to take that on the chin. That's likely what you're going to find yourself in a situation. It's like and I can understand at, that. At the, it's like buying groceries at the dollar store. You don't know if those things are expired. You don't know why they're at the dollar store. Yeah. But, I mean, sure. Can you get mad? Like, oh, I bought this thing and it, the chips taste funny. Did you get them at the dollar store? No, but if I buy a pack of Doritos and inside the pack is a bunch of Lay's or Pringles, I'm going to be like, I have a right to be upset. Like, yo, I bought Doritos. Why are there Pringles in here? I agree with Trinity's right. Trinity's right. I'm I'm, I'm with Trinity on here. No. No, Trinity is going to be like, but you know what? I did get these at the dollar store. Exactly. Nah, B. I'm going to be like, yo, I'm running up in there. I want my money back. And I'm reporting y'all to the Better Business Bureau because this is bullshit. <laughs> y'all doing the most. Y'all doing the most. tomorrow. Don't buy any chips from the dollars from the corner store. Yeah, it's just like it's like when you get a card that's like as is, you know, where you get, and you're like, oh wait, it's a lemon. Well, nigga, it was as is. I mean, that's the risk you take. Like it's a great price, blah blah. But yo, that's just the nature of it. Like there probably can be something that's you're not expecting. So that's all I'm saying. The dollar store thing is exactly yes. You open the Doritos. There's Lay's inside. Well, chalk it up to the dollar store. Okay? No, I'm like, not. You're like that is why it was a dollar. You're, exactly. You, you figure, oh, I, it was not in a dollar. messed up, <laughs> and they sent that shipment to the dollar store because they're like, you know, what, we real fucked up this time. And so you're saying I don't have a right to be upset about that? The whole thing is, if somebody gets an STD from a hookup, it's like, oh fuck, got an STD from this sunk hookup. They should have told me they had an STD. They not gonna say shit. Exactly. They're trying to get laid. Exactly. So that's the risk that comes along with that hookup culture. Exactly. But I still, I still have a right to be upset. I still okay. have a okay. right to be upset. Exactly. You have a right to be upset, as would anybody have a right to be upset if they got um, a disease or if they got lied to. It's just that a bit of a bit of um, response, not responsibility. You just gotta, you just gotta chalk it up. It's kind of like Arabella um, getting assaulted, and and we know it's wrong to be assaulted. It's wrong on that person entirely, and then we just gotta figure, damn, it, it's a messed up situation. Um, uh, partying and stuff um, makes you vulnerable. So uh, I don't like where this is going. Yeah, I don't like it either. I think I think we're gonna have to agree to disagree on here. Because me and Trinity actually want a bag of Doritos, and y'all, y'all are fine with a variety pack. And that's a bullshit. <laughs> no, no. Listen, I acknowledge that, yes, I paid for Doritos. I acknowledge that completely. And that one would expect that there would be Doritos in this bag. However, I recognize that I am going into an unreputable establishment. And chances are there may not be Doritos in there or there may be some poisoned, you know, this could be stuff that they can't sell in other countries, but they <laughs> like put it in the dollar store because there's no regulation. Like I recognize that, okay, this is the environment under which I'm operating. So yeah, damn it. I'll got to throw this little, this little funky bag away. Next time, let me do better. And let me, uh, next time, let me do better. That's, you know, I'm going to go to a supermarket and get me a legit thing of Doritos. That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that the rules of disclosure should change whether you're getting it from the corner store, the dollar store, or Whole Foods. I agree. I agree. Okay, but the, the, the toothpaste <laughs> in the dollar store 
has like lead in it. Everybody knows that compared to what they have in the supermarket. Like, what are we talking about? And yo, if it's not labeled, I have a right to sue. If you label your product right. and say it contains lead, then I'm good because I'm like, yo, I consent to lead right now. Okay. The but chip should not present it, itself as Doritos. Period. But y'all are wallet. Okay. Listen, y'all could go drink all the water in Flint that you want, but I'm not. Okay. Wow. You can do that, but I'm not. <laughs> so, Flint, whatever. Go to Flint, go to Newark. Yeah, bottoms up, everybody. Okay. Nah, you can drink good. all that water that you want. But I'm not, and, and that's it. And the people in Flint know better now, and they're, they're not drinking from it. So and you want to know? But see, but see, they know better. They know. They did the test. Exactly. They know. Because they know the environment that they're operating in. They know that the people don't care about them. They know it's been over a decade. They still don't have clean water. They understand the environment which operating. So if but I'm they like, didn't know at first, Gwen, and they were drinking that water, unassuming, and they well, should have been told. Okay, yeah, but this is not 1990. Okay, so this we. Apps are well a thing now. So if you told me this was AOL dial-up days, then <laughs> that's I could have been like, oh, true, who knows, blah, blah, blah. That little new thing, that, you know, those that interweb, okay? But this is 2019. You know better. You're supposed this? to know better. Why do people drink bottled water in the first place? Because they figure their, their municipality may not tell them if the water is jacked up. True. So they buy the bottle. Right. So if I buy a bottle of Poland Spring... And it's filled with tap water. I'm suing somebody. Okay, but because it's not that's not be what I purchased. Now, if you know, if you buy, you know, Piggly Wiggly water <laughs> and Piggly Wiggly water is tap water, I'm like, well, nigga, I ain't tell you to buy Piggly Wiggly. You should. If it said natural spring. spring, if it said natural spring water and it was tap water, that is false disclosure. Okay, let's talk about. Okay, I know we're going to get off this topic. Let's talk about all the shit that comes from China. When people are surprised. That, oh, <laughs> they put in, you know, plastic in the baby milk in China. And I'm like, how are, why? Why are we surprised when we know that they don't have regulations and they don't surprise you? Like, we, we know already. We know. And they're like, oh, my God. Like, why? But see, your, your key word is we know. In you regards know, to you're trans. On you're on an app. But, but they're packaging themselves off as straight when they need to put by. You're, that's mm -hmm. how you're packaging yourself. So I don't know the truth. Y'all eat all the Chinese snacks you want, okay? I'm gonna let you do Whatever. That. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> we went all the way down the damn rabbit hole. <laughs> eat them Chinese snacks and wash them down with water from Flint or New Exactly. Y'all do all that. You could do that. And I'm gonna drink my real shit. So cool. Uh, so anyway, y'all, sound off. Whoever's listening to this, <laughs> put something in the comments. DM me. What do you guys think? Because and I, this, this is just reality. People think differently. You know, people just think differently about this stuff. So, Absolutely. Um, so where were we? Terry, I guess, got pressures to stay there. We mm -hmm. see, what do we see? Bella is back with Zane. They're talking about the diagram. Yeah, they're going over. I guess. He's going over with her how to like construct the plot or whatever. Be an antagonist, could be a person. She's like, or people. Um, he mentions about the different narrative structures she can use. One of them being the one that they actually use for the show, which is a circular narrative, which I thought, ding, ding, that works. Um, 
And then she takes a dig at him saying, oh, this is all the stuff that you learned at Cambridge. Him and his pretentious ass. Then where do we go? Then she does what she always does, which is so weird. She invites him back to her place. Mm. I wrote in caps. I wrote in caps. How sway. How sway. (laughs) That's what his face said. He was like, what? Yeah, it was. Woof. This reminded me of the first time she asked him to sleep with her. I was like, mm-hmm. where is this coming from? What, there was nothing. There was no chemistry, no nothing. And you're like, well, let's sleep together. I was like, what? And then same thing. You just went through all of this. Do you want to come back to my place? How, Sway? How? It's Bella. She's weird. She's yeah. Weird. It's funny, man. This is the same woman who wears a planter hat on her head and sits in the loo and makes a video. So logic out the window much all right let's go let's go back to our trans date to kai (laughs) all right we're back with kai and terry and i'm guessing he's making fun of her calling her a prude and oh here we go excuse me i'm not a prude because she had a threesome and prude bitches don't do that so he seems kind of intrigued about it and you wonder is she gonna talk about it is she gonna bring it up or not but before we can get to that we cut right back to Bella and Rapey Zane in her room. <laughs> okay. And they're not doing what I thought they were going to end up doing. Thank God. They are working on organizing all of her different flashcards, I guess, to kind of give everything that she had posted up on her wall, some sort of structure, and hopefully lead her down the path of figuring out how the hell she's going to finish this book. Mm-hmm. Um, then we flip back to Terry and Kai. And so, yes, she is now divulging the details behind the threesome. And Kai is asking all the right questions about how Luigi this all went down. Luigi and Giovanni. Luigi and Giovanni, they're their names. Yep. Whether or not they knew each other, she's going through the process. And he definitely put it together immediately that they knew each other and that she was being played. Okay. And this is something that Terry also put together herself at after the fact. But it seems that she still didn't really want to admit it until. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Um, well, I was like, well, why are you acting brand new? Like, he's telling you it's together. You already knew this. So we're going to play Boo Boo the Fool here. You knew this. And yeah, but most people behave like that. They don't yeah. want to admit the truth. Yes, yeah, sure, she technically she's never admitted it. And she's never told Kwame or Bella, to our knowledge, of what right. really happened, right? Exactly. And she's been wearing this threesome as a badge. Right, in that one of that first interview, one of those first auditions she did. Remember, she blurted mm-hmm. it out. And yep. you know, even with him, with Kai, she's using it as a badge of honor. Like, oh, I'm not a prude. I've done a threesome. But, like, let's be real about what really happened. And we're not even getting to the details about how you didn't even look like you enjoyed it before you knew that it was a setup. You didn't mm-hmm. look like you enjoyed it. So he's putting this together. And, you know, he's saying it's a prearranged probing. And he tells her that you know she's like well it happened a while ago and he's like well i'm sure it still burns like it was yesterday huh mm-hmm. but this is my thing and i you know look i'm about to bring it back <laughs> these are the probing questions that jay and i are talking about you see how he asked her to break down the threesome and have this conversation when you're dating or get stuff, you, you got to keep digging and digging with questions this is these are the kind of conversations you need to have about an assortment and array of topics when you're dating and trying to get to know people and people don't do it you you if you leave anything to the imagination or unsaid then it will remain unsaid that's all i gotta say 
I gotta agree with you. If you look at the the, uh, the difference between the questions Terry asked compared to Kai's question. Just like you said, his questions were probing, let her talk, gave his feedback. You know, he was completely comfortable getting to know her, just beginning to know her train of thought and everything. And I kind of, I guess, it goes back to the conversation we were just having. There are worse things that can happen to you than just uh, going out on a date with somebody that you didn't know was trans. I guess that's probably the big takeaway I got from that. I agree. Yeah, and um. I, you know, I'm not going to revisit the whole, you know, Terry prearranged thing. Like, well, okay. Hey. So we see Ben in the backyard with the plants. <laughs> in his little garden. Um, it seems like his plants are his friends when Bella and her friends aren't around. Because he's loving them things. But um, Oh, like Susie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, then he, and then he watches a video. About being well, lonely. Not yet, not yet. Not yet. Oh, sorry. Yeah, not okay. yet, not yet. Because we're still, we bounce right back to Bella in her room with Zane. Seems whatever the hell they were working on was done. She thanks him and he says to her, I thought you were writing about consent. And she says, I thought so too. But clearly he doesn't understand what exactly he's looking at. But as long as she gets it, that's all that matters. She's the one writing the book. So bye. He says he's got he could help. He decides it's time to go. She ends up stepping on the on the trash bags full of shit from under her bed. And she asks him, you know, take that with you on your way out and toss it for me. And as he reaches the door, she says, thanks, Della. And he pauses. And I don't know if that's a jab or what. I don't know why she said that to him. That was to me. Right? right? Yeah. Shady. That was. And she made him take out his trash. I would have been like, bitch. You take out your own damn trash. So, but I know it's very symbolic, but... Oh, hold on, hold on. Was that trash or was that the stuff from the... Yeah, it's the stuff from under her. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought it was symbolic of, like, she has come full circle with something that was under the line. And as she has come to terms with it, when he's helping her take out the baggage. Of, he's a piece of her baggage. And yes. he's also helping to take out some of the baggage. So exactly. I thought it was, you know, a cathartic moment. But, you know, in real world, that would not go down like that. Why not? He's here to atone, right? Take out the well, I, I, out, sir. I, I, that would be like, oh, uh, I don't, who are you talking to? <laughs> what? What's wrong with taking out the garbage? You're taking out somebody else's trash. And? But you're you about to take out your outside. friend's trash? They're about to walk outside. So, like, hey, can you take this out while you're on the way out? Shit, why not? Well, I guess that's why I don't have many friends because nobody's ever asked me to take out their trash. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken out my friend's trash. It's like, sure, no problem. Whatever. I'm going outside. It's oh, no. But you know, I think it's it, a Della comment that's really bothering you. Yes. <laughs> oh. mm, maybe. Gwen, well, if I come over, I'm not taking out your trash, though. I think it's the, um, yeah, I think it was the Della. Yeah. Right. So, so at this point, there's a lot of scenes flashing mm-hmm. in yeah. previous episodes. I actually caught all of them. Like, I actually, so she flashes. Pause. Yeah. yeah, I paused to each one. She flashes back to episode one, very much in the beginning, where she, waiting for Biagi outside, where she's about to get the cap. So episode mm-hmm. one, the pink wig. Then she <laughs> flashes to the night of the rape, walking in the ugly sweater. She mm-hmm. flashes to herself in Halloween in her outfit. She flashes to under being under the water in the pink wig in Italy, right after the whole mm-hmm. Biagio incident. She flashes to being a little girl 
eating fries, you know, when her, you know, waiting mm-hmm. for her dad at 10 o'clock at night. She mm-hmm. flashes to kissing Biagio. I couldn't remember that scene, though. It was like, For the, the first time. Kiss. That was the first time? Okay. Yeah. Because um, like, it was a very tender kiss. I was like, I don't remember that. Biagio and Schiffer, he's cute. Sorry. Um, yeah, I love me some Biagio. <laughs> Biagio and Schiffer, God, he's cute. Okay. And uh, it's, and again, every time I see Zane, I'm like, damn, Zane is just downgrade. Biagio is so cute. But anyway, stop. Sorry. But Biagio is like one cute. in a million, you know? Yeah, Biagio ain't shit. I want you guys to recognize we're not <laughs> saying that. He's shit, but I'm just saying aesthetically. Like, I would date that drug lord. <laughs> <laughs> not a drug lord. He's a peddler. He's a peddler. I might not date a crackhead, but give me a drug lord any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Uh, she flashes back to uh, she and Terry in the couch in the club when they're high. Mm-hmm. Um, she flashes back to banging on the door with Biagio. No, the, the uh, summit was before that. We okay, see her she, at the summit. Oh, she, yeah. She flashes the summit. Uh, she flashes to coming out of the water in, in Italy. She flashes to the black wig apparition. Um, <laughs> and she goes, like, you know, back and forth between these scenes and the present, right? So she's you see all of these, like, old scenes as she's arranging the different handwritten story notes on the wall. So actually, I thought a couple of things. I was like, it's funny. That process of doing stuff on the wall, I've done that myself for different things. And I also thought it was interesting as a millennial, like, she's not typing everything or anything like that. Like, this is a very tactile process. One time you said, Slim, that she's very tactile. Oh, when mm-hmm. I talked about the draws, pick up the draws off of the, <laughs> of the radiator. She's very tactile. And this is a very tactile exercise of actually, um, that's actually an exercise I've done myself. I actually really like to organize things like that on walls. And so it was interesting to see her doing that and not, like on her computer, try to type everything out like we did yeah. her in the beginning. Right. And then the one thing I thought was like, where's the poster that kept dropping? Remember the poster? Yes. That oh, yeah. I remember that poster. So, um, you know, we just see her feverishly kind of working through this on the wall, which we haven't seen her do it this whole time. You know, mm. doing different things, changing outfits. You see scenes going between outside and inside her, like eating, wiping mm-hmm. her pits, doing all types of weird stuff. Wiping um, her pits with her sweater. Okay. She's that so sounds like sometimes. Bella. I mean, that sounds like <laughs> Bella, though. You know, she's yes, moving this is true. artwork. She does a whole bunch of stuff. And then finally, over a period of time, we see her lying on the floor in the fetal position. I guess when she's yep. dead. All done. She birthed the book. She did birth the book. And then she seems satisfied. She throws on her coat. Ugly black And coat. she pops out into the courtyard. And who is out there? Our beloved Ben. Tending Good to his little ben. mini garden again. Okay, and he mentions to her, and she's sitting there, he's like, damn, that bird is so loud. Like, what a loud bird. I guess it's nearby somewhere, whatever. And it seems that it's Thursday, because he asks, you know, are you going to the bar? Is it a bar night again? And she's like, yeah, and she invites him out, and he gives his standard, you know I don't go out much, line. And so she's like, that's fine, you know, whatever. Invite still stands if you change your mind. She climbs through the window, she heads out, and... Um, he kind of looks at her and then this is where we see mm. on his phone to the video that Slim mentioned where it kind of starts with everybody feels alone from time to time. And yeah, I was like, I felt kind of sad at this one. Yeah. I actually cried. Oh, actually, really? Yeah, I cried at this one. I felt like, I thought, what is his trauma? And yeah. then when she left, like he looked at her so longingly. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like, you know, she, like, he's always getting left behind on his own. So, but I, I don't, felt really bad. I felt really bad for Ben. But I think they say a lot of people, even though we have social media and this and that, that a lot of people, especially millennials, do feel lonely. That's what his video said, actually. The video started yeah. to say that, like, you know, over the past few decades, loneliness has been chronic. You know, people feel lonely when no one sits next to us, when we move to a new city, when no one yeah. has time for us, right? No one yeah. having time for him. I, I, you know, I, I thought of it a few things. I thought, one, a lot, London is like New York City. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people move from other parts of the world and England to try to make it right but mm-hmm. people always often say that new york city even though it's full of people is also a very lonely place yes um and i could see that for him and even though he's living with her and living and you know it's friends with her friends he, he's she's so caught up in her own shit and her own trauma and everyone else that they really don't pay attention to him and what is his trauma he's lonely you know he's you know, I also started to think, this put me down my whole rabbit hole of, like, in COVID, you know, a lot of people are kind of staying to themselves, you know, not necessarily. Some people are going out, but a lot of people are kind of trying to stay to themselves, weathering the storm. Is it also creating this sense of, like, loneliness amongst people? Yeah. You know? So. so, no, I felt so bad for Ben. I really did. Yeah, but I, I think I think people need to, like, address the loneliness in themselves that they feel because i know a lot of americans feel that way well um, but how do you do that i just just i don't think people want to admit that they're lonely they put their pride before before saying like hey i'm lonely but i think but i mean okay does he need to say that he's lonely i mean you don't see him doing anything he's always at home you know i i was like is he depressed like is he a functional like high level yeah Yeah. i think though that sometimes it's it's easy to overlook if somebody's lonely versus just being like an extreme introvert. There are a lot but of you people, know the... I'm going to say myself included, I like being alone. Yeah. And a lot of people will confuse me liking being alone to being lonely. They're two very different things. I can be by myself, not speak to anybody. I don't mind being an introvert, whatever. But right. Some people, it will drive them insane. Right, right. right. And, and it may lead to a depression where for other people they can function that way. So yeah. I think it's tough to say, yes, she's definitely caught up in herself. And yes, they can be very self-absorbed, her and the rest of her friends. They do see him. I think she does care about him a lot. But yeah, they're not picking up on the fact because I think he does a really good job at saying, well, I'm fine. I am just yeah. this way. And to your point, Slim, if he would just admit it and say, you know what? I do need more. So that mm-hmm. maybe somebody would hear mm-hmm. that cry for help. But I think I like I read a lot of articles because a lot of people were suffering with loneliness during COVID because they're not used to being isolated for this long. So we're finally starting to have the conversations during COVID. But but most people, it really wasn't a topic of discussion for a long while. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because I, I think Gwen and I also fall into the introvert. Like we're I think we're both good. Like, with our alone time, I can always find something to do and watch, you know, read a book. But a lot of people don't. It just doesn't work for them. Mm -hmm. Especially under these circumstances, you know, people have lost their jobs, Mm -hmm. health issues. They might have had some family members that have died from COVID. So you're really not just by yourself, but you're alone with all these dark thoughts. Yes. Suicide is actually up. So that's where these issues start happening. And 
natural bringing up Ben, it wouldn't surprise me if they used a type of storyline like that next season, or maybe it's a suicide or something like that, because nobody's really paying attention or asking, how are you, Ben? What's going on with I you? thought that, actually, which is so sad. I did think that. Yeah. I did think I was like, ooh, if they have a next season, I hope Ben doesn't commit suicide. I, I did think suicide across uh. my mind, mm-hmm. which is sad because they're uh it's listen the onus isn't on them to pay attention but i also feel like bella also had the issue of not paying attention to kwame when yeah yeah they you know she wasn't really paying attention to kwame they weren't paying attention when he was going through trauma and he was behaving differently he eventually kind of put he seeded them he put some little seeds like "I'm, i'm taking a break she still didn't listen i do think they're not, I do think they're self-absorbed and not in tune to notice him too, right? Or each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I did think that about him and like, damn, I, I hope, you know, hopefully, yes, we hope there's another season and I hope it doesn't come to that for Ben. I would hate to see that, but we don't see any interaction with anyone aside from her and her friends. Right. And then for her to use him to pay the rent and stuff like that, it's very one-sided. She definitely takes advantage of him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and for sure. Yeah. Maybe that's why Ben is so willing to, like, pay the rent and just, you know, be her doormat because he needs that company, that connection. Well, didn't you talk about the fear of abandonment, why people don't do certain things? If he didn't pay her rent, shit, he would be abandoned because I asked him to beat her. So, mm-hmm. like... Or he'd get a roommate he couldn't stand. Right. No, I, I feel I felt for Ben a lot in this because if we look at all of the different, and we've said it the whole time, right? But if we see all the different scenarios, and I need to relook again because in the beginning when she was thinking she was going crazy and watching videos, I need to. I think he was watching them too. I can't recall, but I do feel for Ben. I definitely want to see his storyline coming up more in the next season. And I do think, to Trinity's point, there is a difference between people who can, in COVID, you know, people are dealing with a lot of different feelings and the, the stress, and it's taking a mental toll. My sister and I joke, I was like, I was built for the, for the mm-hmm. pandemic, like, I don't mm-hmm. have a problem, but then I don't. But also, I have different outlets. The the podcast is, I talk to you guys all the time. I mean, I mean, That's like, it's, true. Yeah, it's me and you are texting. Yeah. Yeah, we text all the time. I talk yeah. all the time. Unfortunately, I'm... I talk all day at work on the phone. So it's like, I don't feel, I don't, you know, just because there aren't people in the space doesn't mean that you feel lonely, right? right? But then you also see where Ben can have people in this space where he lives with Bella, he has her friends coming around and he still feels lonely. So just because right. you well, have people it, around doesn't mean you're not lonely. Yeah, I guess he's just not confiding in with them his feelings. I mean, are they equipped what? to help anybody with anything? They're not, but they're also terrible communicators, all of them. Because mm. Kwame, if Bella is your best friend and you know that she's gone through trauma, you know that she's gone through a rape, you have now gone through it. You don't say, girl, look at this. Like, this is what I'm going through. What are you doing to help yourself? Yeah. Let's help each other. That's right? a good Let's point. Be each other's support. Instead of looking at anything like that, it's like, oh, I'm just going to keep it inside. And they all need to learn how to be better at this. But they are a really good depiction of young millennials mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. trying to figure out life and figure out themselves and figure out how to deal with everything. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, no, I don't know. Jay, is my anything else about Ben? Let's hope he makes it. We just have to see. Uh, not looking good to me so far. Oof. Yikes. Wait, what, what was that last part, Ishmael? 
Oh, I was saying it's not looking good to me as far as where he may go next season. You know, just knowing people like that, it's normally not a good ending. Yeah. So I can see them using that as a storyline that kind of shocks everybody. Like, why didn't we recognize it? Yeah, you know, same so. thing. And, it and my mind in, that, too. in that last part with Ben, he was straightening up. He was outside straightening up whatever shelf. So he probably just cleans up after Messy Bella all day. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, are you familiar with uh, Jazz Fly? Have you, any of you ever heard of her? No. I no. think I know the name. Was she So British? she was, um, a no, she's girl? from over here. She was a hip hop writer um, that I, you know, didn't know well. I, but I, she ended I know up, the name. Did she commit suicide? Yes, recently. She was a writer on This Is Us. Um, yes. 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 I might have yes. heard about that. Yes. So this wait, is what it reminded me Wait, somebody me from This Is Us killed themselves? No. Well, she's a writer. She's in the background. So she wasn't oh, on their talent okay. or anything. Yes, but um, yes. everything seemed to be going well for her. She started out with hip-hop, writing about hip-hop, journalism, went on. She's writing TV and all that. But when you looked at her Twitter timeline, which is still up, you know, once COVID hit, you know, things started, she started sounding more depressed, more alone and everything. She ended up hanging herself and nobody saw it coming. Like all her friends were completely shocked. But, you know, if you knew what to look for, you kind of saw where it was going. But, you know, we're all wrapped up in our own things. But we have our, yeah. in our personal lives. It's really hard to kind of stay on top of somebody like that that's going through it, especially now. So that was like that big moment that kind of reminded me of Ben. You know, the way he's kind of slowly seeming more and more isolated, more to himself even trying to help himself, you know, with the videos and all that. But you know that's not enough. You know, he's somebody that needs human yeah. interaction. Yeah. He's not really getting it. Well, and Bella made his well. roommate. Bella can't help him. Bella, she's not equipped to help him. She's barely equipped to help herself. Right. Bella is like having, um, like, a woman wanting to have sex and having sex with, or wanting to be in a relationship and being in a situation instead. So... Here's Ben. He needs someone to stay with him, and he has Bella. But Bella brings her friends in his bedroom and has straight up conversations while he's in there. Um, doesn't pay rent sometimes. It's like, what's the trade off? Yeah. He's not alone. Poor Ben. Yeah, Ben is a victim. The white man's a victim. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know. All right, poor Ben. So we next scene is we see the nighttime city skyline. It's really pretty, actually. And then Kwame and Tyrone are at an art show. And Tyrone, Kwame always looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> he just looks so uncomfortable. Always. If he's and, not having sex, he's uncomfortable. <laughs> so and then he gets a text saying he's a fucking pig, which must be from Home the white girl. girl. Yeah. And I'm tired of her ass. From the gray beret. Why didn't he block her? I would have sent her a smiley face back. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see. What was the point of sending that text? Like, she made her, she got to get whatever she had to say off her chest in person. Done. I feel okay. I feel like she really is a homophobe. I, I do. Because I'm like, girl, you're doing so much. I honestly feel like she's a real homophobe and this is manifestation. Because to me, it's not that fucking deep. I don't think it's that deep. Who, right. if it were a straight dude girl, who's going to try to take you? And sit and apologize. And so they don't know. Dudes don't do that. Ninety nine point nine percent of dudes don't even but, do that but, shit. But but can we be honest? I think most women say, oh, "I'm cool with doing a hookup. I'm cool with doing a hookup." But deep down inside, inside, they want it to turn into like a fairy tale wedding. Fine. That's what but, I yeah. think. Which is fair. But if he comes to you, 
How many men have you met? Listen, y'all, nigga, I'm almost old. And I'm telling you how many men are like, oh, I want to take responsibility. I want to sit down and I want to own up to my shit and talk you through it and apologize. They don't want you're in a relationship. They won't do that. Much less Mm. a dude you fucked one time and you still got an attitude. You need to eat. You need to accept that. She should have been humble and accepted it and moved on. Like, what are you angry about? So to me, she's just a homophobe because I don't know what the fuck his problem is at this point. I agree with you on that. But would she even have bothered texting him again had he not invited her out to this ill-fated lunch? Like, he just rehashed it for her. So now you're restarting Uh, this shit all over again because it didn't seem like she had been texting him since the night it happened. So now you've done a fucking reignited this broad and now she's going to be on your ass again. For what? But why? But why are you on it? Like, to me... And she I has no life. And yes, you're right. She's a homophobe. She's, she's homophobe. probably also racist as well. Like, who knows? Like, her yeah. fetish? Don't yeah. mean shit. She yeah. doesn't mean she racist. really likes black men. It doesn't mean that she respects black men. She just fetishizes yeah. them. Yeah. So this not, chick is a problem. Not saying the N-word doesn't mean that you're not saying the N-word when you're alone with your people. Mm-hmm. That's the truth, Jay. Yeah. I just felt like for me, and I'm a person who often says, like people on Twitter, like I've had debates, I actually don't believe in apologies because I feel like people do what the hell they want to do. And it's just, it, a lot of times it's, a, it's just a cop out just for them to be like, well, I said this and then there's no change behavior, there's no change action. So a lot of times I think apologies are a farce. But I actually feel like Kwame gave a humble, true apology and people don't do that often, especially in romantic situation no he definitely didn't have to do that yeah have to do it and so for him to even do that is such a big huge gesture and you should appreciate that you ungrateful bitch and for you to turn around and (laughs) text him fucking pig like if he was a different dude i would send some bitches to drag you because you're really doing the absolute most for no reason what are you mad at at this point yeah 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 she's got to let it go like it's stupid i just don't understand what are you mad at at this point yeah he fucked up he told you he fucked up. You got told the truth. You didn't get a disease. You didn't get pregnant. He tried to apologize. He tried to give you a meal. He said, like, what else do you want him to do? And you know, the funny part, blood. this is where Terry would be helpful. Because you know if Kwame told Terry about this, she would go and see her and take care of it. And that would be Absolutely. the end of it. True. He needs to send Terry after her ass. Because I'm like, really? Really? So to me now, this is more than you feeling upset that he lied to you like to me then you're just a homophobe or you're racist or whatever it is where to smell you said in the beginning she her ego you know her ego Mm -hmm. is way deep into this where at this point it doesn't make sense your ego should have been stroked by the apology yeah so i was so maybe she just saw kwame as like her little black boy toy and it definitely didn't work out like that that's exactly what it is i definitely think that's part of it this is my fantasy my uh Mm. And you flipped it and made it yours, so that's the problem. And you know white women love to be victimized. Absolutely. Jay, what were you saying? <laughs> I forgot after I heard victimized. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That just irritated me. Like I was just so irritated. I would have been like, okay, look, bitch. <laughs> like well, it's just like, it's just no need. They 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 set their peace. I would have been like look, And Kwame could have flipped out on her at the restaurant if he wanted to. When she was all like, you know, when she gave her little speech, he could be like, bitch, I said, I'm sorry. Listen, she tried it, but okay. She's still Um, trying it. I know. I was like, really? But It's going to be season five and she's still going to be like, you owe me an apology. (laughs) 
You should have told me you were gay. He really did apologize. What fuck else you want? <laughs> so anyway, they're at some art show. I said with a very average-looking LGBT couple in the artwork. I really don't know. I know you got good-looking Kwame, and then call Tyrone, and then you got these like. Hey, <laughs> her. <laughs> I was like, this is the artwork, y'all. I was like, you're so cute, Kwame. You're going to go see very average looking people in the art, but okay. And then we're back at Ego Death. <laughs> and I know y'all, it's a long ass episode, but there was a lot, and I knew there was a lot in episode 11. There was just a lot here. So we're back, and oh, so, oh, yeah. So Bar- Bartender Boo comes in walking mm-hmm. with Terry, and he's, he's like, I'm going to leave y'all. And, and Bella's like, that's you? And, <laughs> and she's like, yes, we're going steady. Mm. people still say that is that still a thing i mean leave it to beaver in 1950 i've never <laughs> nana slim hasn't heard that for a while so i don't know where they got that from i mean i just heard it in tv growing up but i actually never heard anyone in real life right say it mm-hmm. or in this generation yeah use it yeah. in their 20s we're going steady what the fuck anywho and then a black dude walks by and i immediately recognized him mm-hmm. uh. And Bella does a double take. She does. And then we have the rush of memory once again. Woo! And this is what Gwen been asking for from the beginning. Because mm-hmm. I just needed to know. And we finally got some answers. We did. Yeah, we got a lot of answers. We got some answers. So, Trina, you want to walk through all the memories here? Sure thing. All right, so... We're taking back, she's got a flashback, and we see Bella at the ATM. She's mm. entering her PIN number. So it's like, all right, what's going on? And we hear someone talking to her. And he's like, you know, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to trouble you. And he's like, I'm just trying to spend the night in a shelter. So, okay, I guess we can assume that this is, you know, a homeless gentleman. And maybe he's asked her for money. I'm not sure, right? So she says... You know, she's all right. And she just robotically, he asks her if she's all right. And she just robotically replies that she needs to get to work. Mm -hmm. So we see her grab some money from the ATM. And the man says, okay, let's get you in a cab. So now this is all coming together, right? Mm -hmm. And then so we bounce back into the present. And Bella's still looking inside. And now she sees the black guy with the white guy. And this is the same white guy that had brought over the shots. Actually, I want to pause before we get into that. So I thought it was weird. How does a homeless man put you in a cab? Well, the homeless, why wouldn't the homeless man flag your cab? If you're going to hit, okay, so back to the ATM. If you're going to hit up the homeless man with some cash, and she's like, I got to get to work, and he's like, all right, stick you in a cab. I mean, if he's giving her some money, he clearly sees that something's wrong. She may be drunk. He doesn't know, but she's definitely not like 100% sober. So the homeless man taking care of you to get you home in a cab? Look, that whole incident, because like New York's like London. How many New Yorkers would you know? It's like, okay, homeless man, let me go to the ATM and pull out some cash to send you to a homeless shelter. I doubt that's happening here. I don't think that's what happened. I think he came up to her as she was on the ATM and was asking for money for a shelter. Yeah, that's how I read it. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people drop a credit card and I've seen a homeless man run up, grab it, and run down the person to give them their card back. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that come out of the bar drunkenly in one night. So, I mean, it could happen. Like, just because okay. doesn't mean that you're an asshole. No, That's she was, true. She was at the cash point, a.k.a. ATM, 
getting money and a homeless person rolls up like that's normal like someone could come up behind you and he's saying you know he needs to spend a night in the shelter blah 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 and she's like yo i need to get to work so i i was confused as like getting you in the cab like i, I just don't, i can't imagine in front of you are a homeless person being like damn you look my life is fucked up but you look fucked up like really i was just like wait what's going on yeah yeah, you you felt um, so hurt for Ben in the last scene, and this scene, this flashback series, just brought me to tears because I I hurt for the whole every second of this um, video was just hurtful and hurtful and more hurtful. Sheesh. This is I, true. I think and I got I angry. I get why she I was blocked angry. it out of her mind. I got angry in this scene. So I, I felt tears for Ben. I was actually angry. But that's just how I processed my emotions. I was actually very angered watching this. Angry um, at the situation? Let's talk through, just let's, let's talk to everything that happens. Yeah. I was just right. angry at just angry watching it. Yeah. All right. So we flash back to the present. She's looking inside. She sees the black gentleman again. And now she sees the white guy from the night when she was hanging out with Simon, the guy that brought over the shots. Okay, so they're cheersing it up and then she flashes back to the moment when they're all taking the shots. So her, Simon, Simon's little lover, I forget the girl's name. Alyssa. Um, Alyssa, thank you. And then all these other folks, right? So taking the shots and then as they're taking the shots, cheers, everybody's smiling. He pauses, he stares dead at her. I don't know if that Mm -hmm. happened or not, no clue, but it's just like, okay. And then we forward to her stumbling out of the bar. Right, so she's on her knees, she's trying to hold the door open. He comes up from behind her, picks her up. There's a security guard standing there, mm-hmm. okay? And it's like, you see this girl falling all over the place, you see this guy run up and grab her, and you don't stop and say anything? Yeah. Oh, but why would he? If he, thought, if he thought that she was with him, he might not have thought anything. But hold on, a, a couple of things, I want to break this down. We have seen in that first episode or the second episode when she starts to flashback, we saw her stumbling to that door. Like we've seen that flashback yes. several times, but we never saw him behind her. Correct. So this is She's holding on to the door. We never saw her there. So we saw her stumbling. We saw her tripping over. I don't know if it was like a small ottoman or something like that, right? And tripping past people. We see people looking at her and kind of laughing and saying like damn this bitch just be out of her mind i don't think we've ever seen her to the point where she's holding on to the door though we've, we've seen her stumble to the door we've seen her stumble yeah. to the door. we've seen her to the door but and holding on to it and opening it okay not not the holding opening it we've seen her stumble to the door and it's okay. not so her memory was repressed which we're realizing like we knew it was repressed but we didn't realize that the same memory we were seeing were repressed because we've seen the stumbling but we didn't see the guy behind her mm-hmm. coming so that was interesting to me. I was like, oh, shit, we've seen this memory before. But this is now a complete memory where he comes and actually picks her up. And I, then we see that it's not just him alone with her. It's the black guy as well. Well, he's, he's the one who hailed the cab outside. Right. I got some issues with this black guy. So do I. But I got issues with the, both of these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> but they are definitely working in a team. So all three of them are now in the cab. The black guy asks if she's all right. The white guy says, yeah. Okay, so they're driving somewhere. So I'm guessing this is the point when they leave Eagle Death. They're driving to Camden is where the cash point was, where the ATM was, I think she had said. But we still um, don't know if they're in Camden now. Like, the ATM's there, but we don't know the ATM in relation to where 
this is. Yeah. So we don't where we the, the, the new place is. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we don't really know. Yeah. Right. Okay. So as they're walking in, you see the white guy that's holding her up, dap up the bouncer and passes him some cash. That's what I saw. Um, mm, and mm-hmm. so it looks like he's uh, a regular yeah, at this arranged. establishment, right? So they head down, and the bar seems to be downstairs. They head down, and then they head straight to the basement. And so the black dude goes up to, not the basement, but to the bathroom. Bathroom. Right? And um, the black dude goes, opens the door. We see a gentleman walking out of the bathroom. He sees them. We can see from Bella's perspective that she's looking this dude dead in the face. And there she's ushered into the bathroom by the white guy. The black guy stays outside of the bathroom, I'm guessing, to run point to make sure nobody goes in there. Look out. Yep. All right. So now we see them going straight into the bathroom stall. As Bella goes in, we see her fall. Bam, her head slams on the toilet paper dispenser. And this is where she gets that cut from. And the floor is filthy. Oh, oh, yes. And you know it's piss. And I can't even. I want to die. It's filthy. Wet. Disgusted. And her face is on the floor. You assume from the perspective. You see her hand there. And he picks her up. He turns her around. And I'm guessing sits her does he sit her i'm trying to get the perspective i'm assuming he sits her on the toilet and now he's in front of her right and so you hear him unzip his trousers and then you see i don't think she, no, she doesn't face him the sexual act that's she isn't facing because remember she fell down she doesn't i don't think so because remember she fell down and so like i think her but head she's is always looking back. up toward him yeah but her head is down but i think she's turning Back. Because okay, well, this is getting. I, I, we're getting really into logistics. I got the impression that the rape was. How do I describe her, this? The her position. Over her shoulder at back shots. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That that it was from behind and she was looking back. I didn't get the impression that it was missionary. Okay. If you, but I'm 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 getting that impression just because she's so drunk. She couldn't stop herself from slamming into toilet dispenser. How could she hold up her head and look behind her to see him? I guess is how, what I'm having trouble with from that perspective. Well, maybe she just looked at, at him once and once is what was sealed in her mind. Yeah. Okay. Hard to say. Hard to say. Yeah, because it's still fuzzy. We're getting a lot of detail coming through, finally. Yeah. But yeah, her perspective is still fuzzy. And, you know, we then see the black gentleman, well, not even gentleman, the black dude open the Asshole. door. He's checking in. He hears the moaning. He kind of gets like a little smirk on his face. Ugh. He closes the door again. Yeah, there's no moaning. There's no moaning. The guy isn't going, uh, uh. I'm going to have to watch that again because I thought I heard him doing. No, we just hear the sort of noises. You just hear the pounding. You hear the pounding. You hear the fucking asshole. Thrusting or whatever. I don't know how to call it. We hear the raping. The act of the rape is happening. We're hearing the rustling. And he knows what obviously the guy is doing and obviously per this little protocol that they have in place this is not the first time that this guy has done this like this is what they do it seems to be on a regular i just don't everything that they have going on right so it goes back to present day and then it it just basically ends yeah right bella's face i just don't understand the black guy's role in this like why would anybody hold on hold on hold on hold on on. okay let's just so it ends right so we finally 
get a lot of pieces of what happened that night filled in. Not completely, but we got a lot more of the blanks filled in. And so we got the confirmation because we talked several times about, well, did it actually happen in Ego Death? Did it happen somewhere else? So now it's confirmed that it did happen somewhere else. We know now the details, the black guy, because we talked about the black guy being there. And we're like, well, what's the relationship? And we can see now it's the duo with the rapist. And we also had talked about, well, how did she get home or to the studio? Like, how did she do that? We never knew. Like, that's come up several times. And apparently a homeless man put her in a cab. So, yeah. I mean, so we're just like, okay, we actually got now in terms of where she was camped and all that stuff, who's to say? But we did get a lot more details finally in the last five minutes of episode 11 filled in. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that we got that because it's mm-hmm. been, you know, it's, it's closing a lot of the gaps in the circle. I will say a couple of things. Because we never had the confirmation of where it happened, that investigation with Officer Funmi and everything, they were looking for footage at Ego Death, but it didn't even happen there. So that investigation actually never could have been fruitful because the, the, the rape didn't even happen there. But there are no cameras. What I'm trying to figure out, there are no cameras outside of the yeah. cars, like on the yeah. street. You would have seen somebody that. holding her up and putting her in a cab, two gentlemen getting in a taxi cab with her. I don't know, girl. I don't know. Like, what's going on? They not hooked up like NYC is hooked up? Well, NYC, even though there's cameras everywhere, half of them don't work. I don't know. Who's, who's to say? So I thought that was interesting. So then now, so let's now like go through <sighs> this whole, the black dude, the white dude, this whole thing. I mean, I was like... Wow. How? Who? How? Yeah, do you th- like. This really bothered is, me. Someone who is basically. I mean, I mean, I hate. Oh, God. I hate where I'm going with this. Mama go there. This to me is like the whole Cosby shit. You're drugging people out of their mind. Like, do you have a. What, what kind of fetish is this where you like someone who is out of it and this is what you want to. Like, I don't get it. And then you have a friend who's an accomplice? Who, I don't get like, the accomplice. Oh, my gosh. So the way I took it is the guy um, has the money because I think he's supposed to be like a well-to-do guy has a lot of money. Who's the guy? The black one or the white one? Who you talking? The white one. Okay. Okay. So he's made this type of agreement to bless the these club. You know, the bouncers. You know, not saying all bouncers are unscrupulous, but you know, you pay money, get in quicker, stuff like that. So that's the agreement that to me they had. So I give you this money, help me scout and help me pick up these women. He just doesn't care because he's getting the money. He can care less. So I think the ego death might be their main spot, but I got the impression they do this pretty much all over that particular area at different clubs. And he's got it worked out with all the bouncers and places where he can go and get things done. And he's smart enough to know that I'm not going to pick them up and do the deed in the same actual club. I'm going to take them someplace else. So you think the people at ego death were complicit in all of this? Not to the top level. I just think like the bouncers, like the people who are working the doors and all that. He has agreements with them. But so do you think, so do you think there was a moment, so let's talk about that moment where she stumbles out. Okay, Slim, stop yawning. (laughs) (laughs) Nana Slim needs a nap. (laughs) You've been yawning for five minutes, girl. So so go get some coffee. (laughs) So So do you think there was something about her stumbling out? He comes behind her to pick her up in the, should the, should the bouncer ego that's hit he have done something or do you think he was paid off like what are we saying here I think he's well paid off 
Yeah, after what Ishmael said, it kind of makes sense now. Because if you're if you're giving these guys fifty bucks at the door, they'll probably just let you drag in who who whatever you want. This, this, isn't this is ego death. It's not dragging in. This is her stumbling be, out. Yeah, but generous because back when they had that high school scene and that girl got beat up in the courtyard, one of my friends made the correlation that nobody cares about what happens to black girls. Sure. So fast forward to. Bella stumbling around the club. Nobody cares that this black woman is stumbling around the club. Nobody tries to help her up. Who tries to help her when she stumbles at the door? The um, the assaulted, whatever you call it. So um, here, here we have the bouncer at Eagle Death, the bouncer at Club Two, the black guy who's friends with the white guy. Look like they have like who has. Who has the black woman's back? Yeah. So when you say they, who they paid off, did they even really have to pay off? Or sure. a, a black woman stumbling out of the club who certainly can't give consent, are they really concerned about her getting home safely? Maybe not. I agree. That's I a don't good think point, the, Jay. Yeah, I don't think that the bouncer, so for me, I don't think that the bouncer at Ego Death was complicit at all. I think they didn't care. I just thought she didn't care. So I didn't think there was any conspiracy at ego death. I just thought they didn't care. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. But does inaction make you complicit? Like huh. if you see somebody running by you with a gun or something and you don't do something and later you find out that, that person killed somebody, don't you feel that burn of like, damn, maybe if I would have done something or stopped this person, that wouldn't have happened? Well, I I'm not stopping somebody with a gun. Well, I you know is, what I mean. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think this situation is different. If we as a group, if all, how many, if five of us were all out drinking or whatever not, and one person, because he's seen them in together in the group, right? And mm -hmm. one person stumbles out, you're presuming that these people are all together. So I don't, I also mm -hmm. don't think it's a reason mm -hmm. for, there's no reason to step in. The person, their friend got them because you see a group of people together. You don't know that this is a predator or something like that. You see a group of people together. So I also think it was a situation where there was familiarity besides the fact they don't care about black women. Also, like, well, oh, someone in her group got her. They're fine. They get her outside, right? Because the whole thing is, I don't want you causing problems. Well, yeah. she's leaving and she's gone. So I actually feel they're like, cab. Yeah, yeah, they're going to the cab. So they're really, the ego death guy probably, honestly, his hands are unfortunately clean because it's like, well, her friend got her. He doesn't know the details. I can see that. The new spot, is he a son of a bitch? Oh, for certain. The new spot's okay. a different story. So right. leaving this, okay. you know, they were together. It seems copacetic. You know, if they were all together as a group, they're fucked up. Your friend gets you, walks you out, holds you up. That seems standard, right? I'm holding mm -hmm. you up, blah, 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 nothing. The issue becomes you're letting someone who is basically a zombie enter a club. That, that's where this issue. Her own. Yeah, right. someone who can't walk in, who's not lucid, then that's a problem. That's yeah, because a, a real bouncer would be like, she's not coming up in here, making exactly. a mess and vomiting everywhere. They would have stopped it at the door. Now or, that we've seen all the details, do, do you guys feel better about Simon and Terry or worse? Uh, worse. Seeing how bad Bella was. So we have to assume that Simon had this call to Terry before Bella stumbles off to the door. But yeah. she's so far gone that it's like, bro, when did you call Terry? And then it's like, Terry, if Simon also said that he was pretty deep and you would have heard it in his voice how bad he was, and you're like, yeah.
Uh, it's fine. Letter B. They're both just, I don't, I hate them both. Um, we don't know the timeline. We don't know when Simon left the club. So when we're looking at uh, Bella's flashback in episode two, it looks like she's dancing and she's dancing with um, uh, Alyssa and Simon and everything. And then we don't see them anymore. So maybe Simon left and Bella wasn't all the way, not even able to walk. But if she was bad enough for him to call Terry to say, hey, she's bad. Oh, yeah. He, I'm, what do he, I do? He should not have left her, period. He should well, not no, no, have but, left Well, no, no, but I'm saying, but she was bad enough. So she could have gotten worse, but she was bad enough for him to say, I need some type of help. I need yeah. you to come get her. So she wasn't like, oh, it wasn't a situation where I was like, oh, shit, I left you. You were kind of decent. And then I don't know how bad it got. She was bad enough that he wanted Terry to come get her. And then Terry said, no, leave her. Right. And Ismail's question is, do does that make our perception of the two of these idiots feel, is it worse or is it slightly better? Right? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like, this to me really shows where the whole blame should lie, which is the individuals that actually perpetrated this crime. But it also makes me think of how often was Bella getting like this and they just assume, ah, oh, no, she'll be all right. You know, we've seen this before. You know, has Terry seen this before? You know, being that they're really close and they always go out partying and all that. And this was just the one time where they shouldn't have done that. And you see what happens. I disagree. Right. I disagree. I think obviously the, the, the blame lies there, but Terry has been called out on this for leaving her at the club in Italy three in months Italy. before. So she's mm. already called her out on doing this. And we talked about girl code and what you're supposed to do. And you shouldn't be leaving your friends in a drunk state, etc. Like, no one is good until everybody's home. Uh. So, for me, it's a major violation from a friendship perspective. Because, especially, you know, I don't leave my friends, especially if they're inebriated, out with anybody, strangers. So, Simon was a violation because here she is by herself and she doesn't know anybody else. Why would you leave her with strangers? Even if she gets like that, why would you leave her with strangers? Why would you do that? You want to make sure she's home. You should be like, oh, hey, instead of calling Terry, well, what he should have done was the homeless man did. Put her ass in a cab. Uh, exactly. Because uh-huh. yeah. he brought her into the situation for selfish reasons. You brought her in to have fun and to kind of detract so that way you could hang out with your little side boo. Well, yeah, Bella didn't why, even need to be there for that. Why didn't he even just when he's ready to go be like all right bella look i know you're fucked up you're dancing still but it's time to go like why why did he leave with Alyssa and leave arabella behind like that that's what i'm saying well he did because he did because terry told him to because he was ready to leave these guys he he so i want to come to that so terry so he left because terry told him to because he was like come get her and she was like just leave her because he so to his point for his the L ratio here, uh. he was trying to do something. He tried to phone a friend, and the friend said, "Leave her." Now I would say, you should say the friend's fuck up, put her in the cab, be done, right? But he was like, I called her friend, I phoned a friend, she said leave her, so I left her. But it comes to question, because I said from the beginning she didn't know these people, but it seemed like he knew them. So what is Simon's relationship to this black man and this white? I don't know. I don't know. It's Simon very suspicious, in, though. He's in the financial sector, isn't Simon? Isn't that he worked job? at a bank, Marketing? yes. So, 
they probably all no, yeah, they probably all know each other. Either as direct colleagues or just in that industry. That's what I said from episode two. Yeah, we did. And then you think about, about Simon has kinda of gotten off the easiest. You know, Kwame got grilled out by uh Bella when they had that disagreement. But then when Bella had the opportunity to really let um Simon know how she felt, she just said, No, we're good. So I wonder if that's gonna be revisited maybe the next episode or next season more than likely. It should. But Kwame lost, lost a lot of, I mean, not Kwame, Simon. I mean, he got kicked out. His wife broke up with him. He lost his job. So he didn't come away scot-free either. Well, did he lose his job or did he quit his job? From, from the previous episode, I took away that he got fired. I didn't take that. Hmm, I'm look at that again. I, I know he, he said too many people were coming out. I think he dipped because he was tired of people tracking him down. I think he, I didn't take the, get the impression that he was... Fired. I just got like, you know, the block was hot and he bounced. Yeah, he don't want to do that. But so Ismail's question, sorry. I still I don't feel any better about Terry or Simon about this. I feel the same way I felt the whole time. Simon was dead wrong. Why did you leave her? Okay. Even if Terry gave you permission, you should have done that. The only thing, okay, the only I hate this. And but this is all so fucked up. So if Simon felt, because I said, you don't leave somebody with strangers. So if he feels like, okay, these guys aren't strangers, they're safe. Well, then did you tell the cops about them? Because I'm really confused about what's really going on. Simon, how well do you know these men? And how forthright were you with the police? They said you were co cooperating. But if you'd been cooperating, wouldn't this man have been arrested? So I'm not really sure about Simon and these two guys. Like, I still, that's still unclear to me about how well he knew them what that's going on even if and either way i'm not going to leave someone i know who's totally out of their mind with two guys i kind of know and two men period like they, she doesn't know them so he to me he should have made sure she got into a cab terry's awful because this has come up several times so you know she gets like that like this has come up she shouldn't have left her in italy she shouldn't have left her now when she knew this and then turning around and telling simon to lie about it to cover her ass yeah. the only friends that bella needs are kwame and ben <laughs> Terry can go. Simon can kick rocks. Kwame Ben is it? Tied all these other bastards. So it's sad. You know, it's it's actually like I said, I was. It's upsetting. You're right. Angry. Like, yeah, I was angered at all of this. Fucking um, vex. Like, what is going on? How do we let this happen? Like, girl oh, code. Goodness. You don't. Your friend is all fucked. Why would you leave her? Like, what kind of? How is she going to get home? A homeless man put her in the cab, yo. Right? A homeless man had more heart and more sensibility than her friends. Right. Um, Doesn't make any sense. On the lowest social level, you know, compared to the bankers and all these other people with money, mm. he's the only one that actually has some sense. Ooh, that's a good observation. That's deep. Who had, not sense, <laughs> who had compassion. Well, we don't even know if she was alone when the homeless man asked her for money. So then it becomes the whole situation of, did the homeless man ask her and approach her because he knew how messed up she was? Um, where were those other two? Well, what other I mean, two? we the have rapist? to, he's only talking yeah, the rapist. to her. Where, where, where well, the rapist's not going to stay with her all night. He's going to rape her and leave her. He's not going to make sure she's okay. Yeah, like the rapist doesn't care about her. So he's not going to make sure she's okay. He just raped her. So yeah. he rapes her and he leaves. Yeah, he's secure because he's thinking she's not going to remember anything. So. Yeah. Also thinking she's not going to remember because he's drugged her. So, and he's done it before, so he probably has data. He's yeah. just awful, awful. So, so she stumbles out. I don't think that, I don't think, like I said, I don't think the homeless man was like, oh, let me help you. I think he saw her in the ATM, 
and was like, let me give some money, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I don't know. And who's to say we didn't even see him put her in the cab. So there's still like, it's a little nebulous there. But no, Simon is awful. Terry's awful. This is a fucked up situation. If you have friends like this who leave you alone and you're watching this, those are not your friends. Yeah, reevaluate your life because you don't want to end up with these problems. Like that should not happen, period, girl code, friend code, point blank. And so I don't know. So what do you think of this issue? So this is the thing. I don't understand this. And I go back to Cosby. This weird fetish of like someone who is, I'm not going to say like narcoleptic, but someone who's like out of Borderline comatose. Yeah, borderline comatose. And then the black dude is like, oh, smirking. What the fuck? hurt my heart so bad. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead, Jay. If there's some people who enjoy having sex with dead bodies, then yeah, there's gonna be some people who have sex with bodies that are next to dead. That is now you know what they always say: rape is uh, that's the sex part of it is really a small part. It's really about power and control. So that's mm-hmm. like the ultimate power. You know, number one, I took away right. and I I got you in this position by having you know using my smarts or using my predatory nature to slip it in your drink. You didn't even notice it. Now I got you. I got you in my car. You know, all that is to me the high that he got off it and the, the surge of pleasure by me being able to do all that and then being able to escape unseen. Like, oh, she's not even going to remember this. Mm-hmm. That's what gets him off to me. It's like if a man is castrated, well, if a rapist is castrated, well, he's just going to use some instrument to abuse mm-hmm. the person after. Exactly. That's not, yeah. not going to slow him down. Or it might slow him down, but that's certainly not going to stop him. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I don't even know why the black guy even asked in the cab if she's all right. No, she's not all right. And you don't give a damn either way. So I don't get these two. Well, what I appreciate about this show is it brings so many things to awareness. So it makes me think of the times that I've encountered people who didn't seem all the way together. And what did I do about it? So we can't change the past, but going forward, it's like when people say, how are you? And they don't really want to wait for the answer where they're really not concerned about how you're really doing. Everyone just throws around the, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. When we encounter someone who's stumbling, we got to like look at them and, and appreciate them for what's going on and say, look, you know, sit down, have a seat, um, wait it out, let, let this thing pass versus um, the the woman who saw Arabella stumble, her hand touched the floor, and then Arabella pulled herself up, and the woman just stared at her the whole time. And she stumbled to the door, and the bouncer stared at her. So nobody helped. So it, it reminds us that when we encounter people in those situations, to help them to a chair at the very least. But, you know, this conversation kind of makes me want to go back to Ben, because... Ben's around all these people, but nobody's really asking him how he is. So it just kind of shows you human nature in general. Mm-hmm. It's, look at, we got the details. The details are sorted. It is a duo who, you know, it looks like they're fishing for whoever because Alyssa was drugged too. But mm-hmm. they couldn't get to Alyssa because Simon took her, right? So Bella was the weakest link. She was the most vulnerable. She had no one there protecting her or having her back. And you have two creeps who have a plan in place and put it in motion. I mean, shit, if I, shit, it's, it's fucked up. A lot of prearranged stuff, right? A lot of stuff is 
people have kind of premeditated intentions of shit that they're about to do. Like, this is unfortunate, just the world we live in. It's fucked up. These two predators, for sure. Yeah. I struggle with this, too, because you hear a lot about, you know, teaching men not to rape, things like that, which I think is good for younger people as far as the science and all that. But people like this, to me, it's like there's no reforming them. They know exactly what they're doing is wrong. You know, look at the steps you have to take to come up with a plan like this to violate somebody. Yeah, no, psychopaths. There's, no, there's no redeeming people like this. And it's sad it has to fall on, you know, the women to protect themselves. You know, they'll say when they get a gun or get this or get that. You know, it really shouldn't have to come to that point. But people like this, to me, you cannot reform them. It's like their minds are completely gone. Hmm. Well, I was thinking, like, from a male perspective, it's hard for me to say. Because a lot of times we, you know, it's like teach people not to rape all the stuff. But a lot of times men will be like, I don't know people like that. My friends will never do that to them. Well, no, people know people like this because these are friends. Like, they're talking about it, homies. Like, people know people like this. And so I, I really am curious, and I really don't understand, like, from a male perspective, how, I don't know, this can be normalized, you know? Cause I, think, I think it's like that frat, college frat mentality. Yeah. Yeah, like you have one, you have one bad apple who's really a psychopath, like he's a psychopath, but somehow he's able to manipulate the rest of the fraternity brothers. So like, oh, let's just put a little, you know, spike up the punch to make to loosen the girls up. And he somehow gets gets everybody to agree to it. I say people find their tribes. If you've got that type of mentality, you're going to find people and like minded people that you're going to feel comfortable sharing this stuff with. Like I think me and Gwen, we talked about this on one of the previous podcasts. I don't know anybody that operates like this openly, but just by the sheer numbers, there's probably been people in my circle that have done this, just based on the numbers. I just don't know about it. So that's really the insidious thing is that, you know, the people that actually know it's wrong, they keep it under wraps, and they, or they know who you reveal it to that's going to be comfortable doing it too. And I'm like, the bigger the scene, the more alcohol that's involved, the easier it is for this to yeah. happen without you recognizing it if you don't know the signs to look for I mean, don't we have a Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh who's basically falls in this category oh, yeah. from his college days? Absolutely. So we don't need to look far. We just need to look on our TV. Mm. Right. Or is that me and Gwen were talking? Just ask the women around you. you just ask them the yeah. question. Have you ever been sexually assaulted or someone ever tried to? And for some of the men, you might be surprised at the answers you get. Yeah, watch one in three say, one in four say yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's wild. So, it, you know, listen, this is, I know, hard and probably triggering for a lot of people to watch. Yep. And not as graphic and detailed as we're accustomed to seeing, but a very real, realistic presentation mm -hmm. of how shit really goes down. And exactly. it needs to be seen. Mm -hmm. It needs to be seen. I saw, Slim, you sent me the link. She... Michaela Cole did an interview with Trevor Noah mm -hmm. and you know they were talking about the show and he said people were talking about it and they're like it's about sexual assault it's about consent and then he said well I think David Letterman says that his show is a show about nothing and he said I Seinfeld. may destroy you whoever and he said Dave, he said I may destroy you is a show about everything and it really mm -hmm. is it really mm -hmm. is like a mm -hmm. show about everything. This is more than consent. This is more than sexual assault. You see, you know, the different nuances of relationships. Yeah. Family, friendships. Friendships. Sexual orientation. Sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. You know, gender. 
gender, suicide, Doritos, <laughs> selling business, like business relationships too, right? Susie Henny, mm-hmm. all, you, the vegan spot, oh, happy Lord. animals, climateers, mm. <laughs> the climateers. Mm. It's about everything. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is episode I was waiting, waiting for. for. I don't. So the the title though, I'm confused. What about the sex? What would you like to know the sex? Sorry, would you like to know the sex? Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of, well to me that kind of translates to Terry's new boo, and we want to know about the sex of the night of the rape. Mm. That's that sex, I guess. And I think it translates to Kwame and Sarah. Would you like to know the sexual orientation? Yeah, I felt like we got some resolutions from this. So then, so the title does kind of make sense. Okay, that's right. I thought about the, I did think about, was it Kai, K? I thought it re- in reference to him, but the rest of it I didn't see. But you're, you're, you're right. It does make sense. The Kwame angle. And I don't like to call the rape sex. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't like to call um, rape sex either. The, the whole Arabella going to um, uh, what ego, the ego place every week. It's like, would you, do you want to remember? Are you, would you like to know what you're suppressing? So here she goes. So sex in terms of the assault. If you'd like to know, well, here goes. Brace yourself. I think you want to know. I, how could you not want to? I mean, I feel like something like that happening and you don't have the full details, like a ghost or like something, like you were attacked, but then you can't really put it together. Yeah, that would drive you mad. That's haunting. Yeah. But the whole thing is with the memory, now comes the baggage of back shots are now no longer enjoyable. That kind of thing. But also, what do you do with it? Once you figure out, all right, now I fully remember everything, like, where do you go from here? Mm-hmm. You got there. Now what? I think that's what and we're about to whole, find out. Look at this whole journey she's been on and her, her abuser. He's just going about his life and no problem. Still going to the bar, enjoying this, himself. And she's exactly. had this whole upending journey just to get to this point. I, I, I just don't understand it. somebody being an accomplice in this. Like, I, like if you want to talk about why Epstein, not? I, well, I just don't like like Epstein. I don't. I just cannot fathom why anybody would want to be accomplice to why something like that. Why not? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like I just. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. Slim, first, your super loud, but it's my audio super loud. Yes, you're red, 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 red. Ooh. <laughs> but I. But hold on. R. Kelly had. How do you think R. Kelly has his harem of whatever? Mm-hmm. There are tons of accomplices. Every Listen, these are not lone wolves. If you ever think that, oh, it's just a lone wolf, and that's how, the, there's always someone who's complicit in these situations. Nine out of Especially ten times. Money mm. Well, I, I think I feel like with the rapist, like he's got some childhood trauma or something happened horrible to them that they behave in this manner. The accomplice, I don't understand, like, how, how they can... Like he's not also a rapist. I guess so. Maybe they take turns. But hold on, I'm going to give you an example. There are children who are abused by their fathers or the mother's boyfriends or whatever. And the mothers or whatever kind of turned a blind eye. Mm-hmm. That's an accomplice. Yes, but that's turning a blind eye. But that's not the same. I mean, that's awful. That's, but that's, that's not... that is the same. That's the same thing as holding the door open and watching, looking out. Because if Absolutely. you can sit there and let this man 
molest and rape your child and you are, let them be in the house and do that. That's the same thing as being the lookout in the bathroom. There's no difference. But I guess I guess my with uh, Jesley Maxwell, is it the same? Because she actually sought. She actually what it recruited these girls acted like a recruit. OK. And this but, black guy. I mean, the girls were then I, transported on a private jet, right? So yeah. The pilot is an accomplice, period. Mm. Right. I mean, like Gwen said, there's a system here and every person that's allowing the act to happen is an accomplice in the act. You're yeah. embedding everything that's going on. I guess it's just yeah. a evil web. Yep. When the money is flowing, people will do interesting things. The only reason R. Kelly is in prison right now is because his money got low. Mm. Sure. That's why. Sure. When he was at his height, everybody was getting paid. Parents were bringing their own kids in. Mm. But it's not. But it's not just money. Money is one situation. Mm. But there are regular everyday situations where people are getting raped and molested every day, and there's not money involved. And it can just be relationships and power and whatever or not. There are. Um, same way I said that there's mothers who let their boyfriends or spouses abuse the children. They can have, uh, you know, there are mothers who know that their sons are abusers and they kind of cover it up because they don't want anything. It can just be the relationship that you're trying to preserve with yeah. that person that makes you complicit in an accomplice. People do it all the time and that has nothing to do with money. So money exacerbates it, but it happens in everyday situations where people are complicit because they have their own loneliness, whatever it is that they're trying to do to keep the person in their life or keep the person happy, uh, that they will turn a blind eye or they will aid and abet others getting abused by this people. How many times have we seen, like, it's not popular now where you know, everyone used to do the auto-tune songs when people would cut, like, get discovered after they've been missing for years. And mm-hmm. say there's, like, um, like, there's been situations where they've kidnapped a girl and they're, like, in a dungeon, whatever or not. But the, the rapist, the man, his wife is there too, like cooking and cleaning, doing everything. She knows that he has kidnapped and raped someone, but she's still there. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen, like, who was that young girl in Utah, Utah that got, Elizabeth Smart, she got kidnapped. But her rapist had a wife. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know how somebody could get brainwashed like that. I, that's what I really struggle with. Like, how are you brainwashed to be an accomplice? Accomplice. Brainwash. You don't they think you just... have to be brainwashed. Some naturally evil people out there. Yeah, you don't have to be brainwashed. That's Nothing just crazy happened in their youth. They're just the way they are. That's that's the most unsettling thing. That sometimes these are just everyday people go to work just like you and me, and they go home and just do horrible things mm-hmm. just because they can. Yeah, and so that's what that's what we see here. You know, with the black guy, we don't know the extent of what he's doing, but he's you know happily complicit. He dares seeing a girl stumble, you know, on the ground and like getting sexually aroused and going through this whole plan for it. That's fucking crazy. But that's real life. And here we are. I mean, shit. I mean, I hate to say it, but Terry was complicit too because she, after she even found out, you know, she actually went through this whole lie to cover up that she had been a part of it. Like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. That was her ultimate acting job. <laughs> well said. Well said. Yeah, so it's 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 wild. It's it's a wild show. Is this to me? This is like the crux of what I want to see. A lot of the stuff, blah blah blah. So let's make some predictions for the last episode, right? Where can we go from here? Now that we kind of know the details of what happened that night, and 
Kwame's thing has been kind of wrapped up a bit. Not really. You know, I don't think they've done a great job with actually showing how Kwame adjusted or adapted or coped with his whole, his sexual assault. But now, where can we go in the last episode? Mm. Predictions. Do we reach back out to Detective Funmi? They closed the case. Can it be reopened? I don't think so, because there's not any, I mean, the mental blocks being gone is great, but you have to have evidence, and I think the Simon, Simon is evidence. Simon knows those idiots. (laughs) Or I'm sure they've explored Simon already, but maybe they can explore other clubs that she had a flashback about. So look at the radius of what's around. Well, she doesn't know. um, You'd have to track down the cab driver to know where she went. You don't know what cab she got into. Yeah, we have no clue because somebody else could have ordered the cab. Well, no, Simon is the only, or you just hail it on the street. Simon's the only link you have. Yeah, because you know, her memory being so messed up if she was drugged, it can't be trusted, unfortunately. When you're trying to prosecute somebody, if you're not in your right mind, it's almost impossible to do, unfortunately. There has to be some type of corroboration. And we, we already know we can't expect much from Simon. I think, sadly, the best that we can hope for is that being that she's had this creative burst right now, I think if she finishes her book, I think that would be the best way for her to start moving her life forward. That's what I'm hoping to see. If she can at least get the book done, even without her deal, maybe she can independently do it or somebody else will pick her up. I think that's the first biggest step she can take to kind of reclaim her life back. What about her family? What about About her her family? Mama? Mom, dad, what about... She She laid this all on her mom. I still think that was not the best thing, but... Um, on her birthday, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Now her mom, every time she her birthday comes around, she's going to remember the time her child got assaulted. Like, I mean, sometimes bad things happen on your birthday. Like, you could lose a loved one on your birthday. I yeah. Mean, you deal with it, right? I mean, it sucks, yeah. but... Yeah. She didn't sad. plan it either. It was just triggered by, you know... All those bad memories. Mm-hmm. I mean, resolution is, um, well, listen, what's the path forward? Because she owes these people all this money. So yeah. hopefully she could come up with a plan, okay? Because <laughs> I don't know how she's going to live. You know, she has to come up with something to make money because she owes people money. She can't pay her rent. I would love to see that. I'm still, Biagio, we never, um, like, I guess that's it. You know, that's now, open-ended. I yeah. guess it's open-ended. Now, someone um, from Twitter did tweet me saying, holds up, we, that episode when she left Biagio, how come we didn't say, like, well, what happened? They didn't show how she came home. We really actually didn't get a lot of details on that, which I think is fair. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think, I mean, I don't think we're going to see that the last episode. I think that's probably not likely. But, you know, they didn't show us the journey back to London. Are we supposed to assume? I guess, she, obviously, we know she had a return ticket, I guess. Uh, we don't know anything about what happened there. So there were a lot of holes there. It would have been good to, like, flash back beyond the water. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? She Is Biagio over? So I mean, can Biagio reach um, out? I don't know. But, like, I was bugging. I don't know. I guess not. I, yeah, I want, I want some more Biagio. <laughs> I'm like, if a guy did you like that, would you really want to hear from him again? No, no, no. He pulled a gun. It's Bella. I mean, he didn't pull a. Okay, he did. I mean, he. Okay, he didn't point the gun at her. Look, that gun was justified. <laughs> as long as you don't point the gun at me, it's all good. <laughs> it's fine. This is why we can get nowhere. Oh my god. 
<laughs> but I mean, honestly, though, for a show that's given us so much information, it's really rare in 11 episodes to have not only like the main protagonist of a show, but a lot of the other auxiliary characters be three dimensional. Mm-hmm. We've gotten so much detail. I'm okay with like open ended Biagio story. I'm good with that because they have really built a world that I think that we know these people. We know them. That's so true. We've gotten well, a lot mean, of detail. I know. I mean, we can't, you know, I just like Biagio. Not that I like him as a character, I just like the actor looking at you him. You like his key thing. Yes. I just like looking at the actor. Agreed. So, agreed. I just, sorry. That's what it all comes down to. It's like a thirst trap a little bit. So I'm just saying. Maybe have some flashbacks about Biagio, but yeah, I guess he can't, it can't go any further. I mean, where do you go from there? I, I mean, but okay, okay. I'm sorry. I know I'm, so how do you? So hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> if we can forgive Terry for being like having an egregious lie and being an awful backstabbing ass friend, we can't like oh overlook that you didn't point the gun at me and I was you know banging on the door like a crazy person. I, I think Bella could forgive him if the opportunity presented him itself. Well, he also blamed her for getting raped too. Let's not forget that. I know. <laughs> he listen. I, I already I've already said that he's done a lot of bad things, which is true, right? Uh, but Terry, nothing Biagio has done as far in my book is worse than what Terry's done. Agreed. I think she would forgive him. Terry, Terry and done, Simon. You know. Yeah. I, I hold Simon more accountable than Terry. Yeah, Terry told him, leave her. She does it all the time. But at the end of the day, he had eyes on her. He's a grown mm-hmm. man. He's supposedly her friend, too. He should be able to see her and be like, you know what? Terry told me it's okay to leave you, but nah, chill. you you too far gone. Let me make Absolutely. sure you get home. No, yeah, it's about Terry and Simon. So question, had, is what Biagio did worse than what Terry and Simon did? <laughs> No question. We can have more Biagio, hopefully, for the next go round. <laughs> 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 I'm just asking. Oh my god. Because if we if, if we doling out L's and we doling out forgiveness, is what Biagio did worse than Simon and Terry? Well, she was at her lowest point. I mean, she took her last dollar to get out to you and kick her out. She took money. Terry's last dollar. Or Terry, right? No she phone, was, no way to get back home. That's kind of in a foreign I wonder, country too. I, I wonder if he came to the beach after looking for her. Like he knows, uh, uh, uh. He, he knows that I was rough. Uh, uh. That's something. Uh, that's, that's something Kwame would do. That's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have that type of heart. And but we always go pe- back to people who treat us like trash. Yeah, but the door needs to be open for you to go back to them. Well, he has to open the door. It has to be him. He, she can't. Yeah. Right. He has to open the door. I mean, but Ishmael, hold on. He sure. didn't invite her. She, he, she did pop up. Right. Okay. And she didn't break into his place, but she entered his place without consent. True. I don't know. Okay. Maybe it's just my personality, but knowing the circumstances, but he, he knew what happened to her. I would know that she's not completely in her right mind and at least, you know, Stay in the night or something. Let me let you get yourself together before I just kick you out with nothing. But to that's me, that not was like his completely. It's not, but that was very heartless. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm a I'm a drug peddler, and the block is hot because you made me give my DNA. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you fucking up my bag, because now I have to go put, give my DNA to the government to assist you, and I did it because I care about you. Okay. Also, 
you told me you want to stay this long time. All of a sudden, we haven't spoken. You don't know if Biagio has a new boo. Who you mm. say you have a girl? How right. do we know that he she could have spent the night? Like, she just rolls up on him. Mm-hmm. And they were not boyfriend and girlfriends. I don't That's think true. it was ever official. That's true. So she has no rights to let herself into that man's face. And say she's right. staying so indefinitely. he had reason to be upset. Right. He had reason to be upset. Well, yeah, there's a reason to get her up out of Maybe not gun-pulling. It was too passive-aggressive to me. I'm like, the passport under the door, that was just really, I don't know. No, I thought it was justified. <laughs> me too. I said, kick that bitch out. <laughs> you open my door without consent, I don't have to open yeah, it again. Yeah, no chivalry this, here. This is the same one that snuck into her dad's house through the window. She don't know any boundaries. So you gotta set them for her. I ain't sure did that. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't believe in the gun piece, right? That's, that's wrong. I mean, she also bucks. Ugh, I mean, that was just a very, the whole situation was wrong. She's not in the right state of mind. He also, you know, she, and we said this. How would you feel if someone you hadn't seen in like six months, you walk into your home and they're sitting there, mm. right? That is not an easy situation to navigate. And you want to, you know, we talked about, actually, I think I talked to my cousin about this. Why did he act the way he did? Because he was being cool. And I said, why did he switch gears? Like, why was he being cool? And then when she got the pizza, he left. Is that, was he just trying to figure out a way to get her out without having a scene? I think so. And then she started bucking on his door and went crazy. And he is a drug dealer with neighbors. And now you're getting violent, so it's like, you know, I gotta get you away from me. Yeah. So, look, I'm not so, defending him on the gun, y'all. I'm not defending him, but he didn't point it to her. I'm just saying. Because I didn't notice it the first time. <laughs> Gwen just well, wants she to know that. I, know, I saw where her eyes went, how quickly she ran down the stairs. Huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't so know. Maybe he comes back. Who knows? Maybe, or Biagio's twin. I don't know. Like, it's a twin <laughs> But... <laughs> Oh we want to see. I want to see Biagio, and I don't want to see Zane. It's all I'm saying. Absolutely. No, I don't think we're gonna see Zane again. I don't want to yeah, see Zane, but somehow, you know, she's gonna have to have a love interest, something next season. And then we need to bring back Bad Cat with her bad wig. Yes, because oh. she's been gone for a minute. She, they, well, they're probably not gonna show Simon because she resolved with Simon. But did I would she love though? To... Now that she remembers how bad this situation was. I don't know, like, does her does her mind change on Simon now that she's put it together and she knows for sure that it was the gentleman that he, I, guess, I don't want to say gentleman, that it was the dudes that he introduced to her. She this is the part we have to talk through. This has to come up, like, I hope the next episode, I okay. feel like we need to talk through this. Like, yo, all right, so now it's confirmed it was the dude's that you said new friends old friends who the fuck are these people right are these strangers how are they strangers because why were you taking drinks from them so this part is still unexplained and so simon got to still be back like this is a big hole agreed i can't see how she lets that go but she knew but she knew the white dude though was she recognized him from giving the shots though so this is this that's the weird part she's known that like she recognized that the dude who gave the shots and when she spoke to dr 
not doctor, to Detective, to detective yeah. Boonmi, she recognized it was that. So that didn't even come up with Simon. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Simon's holding out. So this is why my opinion of him is worse at this point. Because it's like, you know this dude. But she didn't even say it to Simon. Like, she's like, you know, we're good, bro. Like, why are you good? Like, could you not ask him this question? Because oh, Bella sweeps point. everything under the rug. That's her mm-hmm. mechanism. But look at how yeah. Bella, look at how Bella accepted drugs in the bathroom at whatever place when she was in Italy. Imagine if those same drug offerers were to come out of the bathroom and buy a round or whatever, then they would have toasted to a round. So I wonder if Simon um, is with two guys that don't mind buying a round and it's like, yeah, let's sit at the table, let's shoot the breeze. But those two guys are plotting on Alyssa and Bella. So that is the question. Did he know them or not? Were those people he didn't know? And were they just strangers who said, hey, here's some drinks, and they just he just drunk them too? Or were these people he knows? And it's hard to tell because we knew she didn't know anybody except for him. And she got brought into the situation. Everybody was already there when she arrived. That is true. Mm-hmm. And when she sat down, she was sitting next to the black guy, if I remember correctly. I think he was across from her. He was in view. No, the white guy was across from her. He was he was like kitty corner. He was in the frame. He was definitely in the frame. And okay. Alyssa was on one side of her. Alyssa was on one side. Alyssa was next to Simon. It was Alyssa, Simon, Bella. I don't remember where D-Ray was. Yeah, D-Ray wasn't in the frame. He wasn't in so, uh, the black. So yeah, so the question ultimately, it's not answered. And I want, please y'all, to answer this by episode 12. Does Simon know these people or was it just mm. random that they mm. just got drinks because i keep saying if he knew them then why would he be cool with them drugging Alyssa? Mm-hmm. you're absolutely right they got a lot to unpack in episode 12 mm-hmm. or season two yeah i hope there's a season two. Oh yeah for sure all right well look guys this has been a long long episode uh <laughs> But there was so much that even if it's only half an hour, a lot came up in this episode. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So we got one more. I, I guess I want to say and a little bit of announcement. So I have put out polls asking people, what show should I review next? I think I've already decided I will reveal on the next episode. Ooh. Hey. hey. Exciting. So... Stay tuned to keep rocking with Gab with Gwen. Thank you, folks, for the family affair attendance today. Yeah. Lots of fun. Appreciate it. It was. This is going to be a nightmare to edit, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll try my best. All right. Well, thank you to Slim, Trinity, Jay, Ismael. Appreciate y'all, of course. Our pleasure. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Thank and you. Until next time. Peace. Peace.